Tonight's episode of the BS Podcast in the Ringer Podcast Network brought to you by DAZN, where you can watch Change Up, a new live whip around show across the league presented by the MLB and DAZN. You can also watch Bellator, which you would have missed if, if you didn't have it for Friday night. Really good card as well as some great boxing. Uh, it's on every night of the week. That, uh, that change-up show, it's available on nearly any device. Setting, Getting set up with DAZN is easy. Download the DAZN app in the Apple or Android App Store. Sign up by creating an account. Start watching across any of your devices. Go to DAZN.com to sign up. We're also brought to you by the ringer.com and the Ringer Podcast Network, where NBA Draft this week, we are loaded to the gills with draft content. We're going to have our draft guide which I hope you're reading. We're going to have Kevin O'Connor and Danny Chow and Jonathan Charks. We're going to have people writing uh day before the draft, day of the draft. And we're just going to be doing it, man. By the way, subscribe to Dual Threat with Ryan Rosillo if you haven't already, because he's got a couple more off-season football pods coming up as well. He's here right now. Our dads, we ditched them to do a very, very important Sunday Night Father's Day podcast. First, our friends from Pearl Jam. <laughs> All right, so I do a brief outline when we do these shows, and I just try to make sure I have like three topics I, I know we're going to hit. Today I have eight. Oh, no. <laughs> the table content's eight. <laughs> so we, we're on a schedule. Uh, Anthony Davis traded on a Saturday afternoon, the ringer's least favorite time for anything to happen. I noticed. A, a content disaster just kills everybody. God forbid this trade happened Monday. Rich Paul, when he leaks stuff to the media, it's usually Monday morning like to get the news cycle. Not this trade, Saturday. Uh, so it ruined everybody's weekend, but it was also an unbelievable trade. I think you liked it for the Lakers more than I did, but let's go. Give me your take. Although, just to add to that, I had a pod with Woj. It was a late, it was three Pacific when we taped it. It came out probably an hour or so later. I thought in that pod, now thinking back to some of the stuff he said, he knew that that deal was close to being done. I'm sure he was like in the room. He said they're probably <laughs> probably texting him for advice, both GMs. Woj knows everything. You know what? I'm going to let you start with your closing arguments. Well, I'll say this. I actually thought this trade would happen on Monday because I thought if the Pelicans got the number four pick, that still bought them 72 hours to decide what to do with it, right? So I, I, I wasn't surprised at the timing. I don't know who the uh, the Lakers were bidding against. Like there was this article today in the Denver Post about, oh, the Nuggets sniffed around, but then they made it clear Jamal Murray was off limits. It's like, well, they, that's not sniffing around. They have two assets on the whole team that you could be make as the centerpiece of a trade. What is it, like Gary Harris and five number ones? Like, there's no sniffing. Sorry. Celtics, I've heard conflicting reports on this the Tatum thing. This is very conflicting. Yes. So I yes. think they knew they weren't getting him. They knew they weren't going to match the desperation of the Lakers. And they didn't want Tatum's name to be on the streets, Omar style. Or Marlowe style, I'm sorry. Either uh, one, really. They didn't want it to get out there. So my question to you is, who who are the Lakers bidding against exactly? Because the Knicks were out too. Because there any Knicks scenario where it's like, oh, we're getting Durant, so then Davis will be the second piece and we're off. Now Durant's out for the year. I just don't know who the second bidder was here. Who was it? Okay, so I've checked on all these things. 
Uh, but as we know with this kind of stuff, like there's some information that'll probably come out, whether it's weeks or months of like another team we're not even thinking of. Maybe it's two teams. Like, Philly? Oh, you, know, you know who made a really interesting offer here? Uh, the Knicks were very out on this, uh, according to, to the people that I've talked to, that they just weren't. There's a fear everywhere that even if he had gone to New York, he may have still wanted to go to L.A. in a year. So I think the Knicks were afraid of the rental scenario that clearly had to be an issue for Boston. We know I, the Celtics were afraid. They should have been afraid. Portland might have been the only name we haven't heard yet that may be sniffed, but I haven't heard their name mentioned publicly yet. No, and that would have been interesting if they were like, look, we'll we'll give you a CJ, which is extending this podcast streak of, of trading CJ McCollum. No, but they could have but, gone, we'll do CJ McCollum, we'll do CJ, we'll do Collins. Right. We'll do three firsts, we'll do pick swaps. Is that good enough? Yeah, maybe you like, well, you should like these two players maybe better than any single player you're getting from the Lakers. The Celtics part of it, and I don't know if you can fill in some of the gaps here, it felt like just talking to different people around the league where it was it was a split motivation on what the plan here was. Like, was there was it an ownership thing that wanted to push for this? Because the whole point of the Davis pursuit was that you were pairing him with Kyrie to keep Kyrie and everything was going to work out. But they and, already know he's gone. But now they know he's gone. I just never I never look. There was no way Ainge was going to in 12 months lose Kyrie Tatum and then Anthony Davis. And if I'm Boston, I'm not messing with Clutch because Clutch has this anti-Boston thing and it'll go on forever and it's just it's just not going to happen. So I think that Boston, I think Boston would have been willing to do this, but I think even before we found out what this Lakers deal was, Bill, there was a line in the stand, whether it was, it was Tatum or the Memphis pick or, or some of this other stuff, like they weren't going to give you this Lakers package, which again, I think you're right, when we break it down to who they were competing against, seemed like a lot of pieces. So I'm going to start here. With, well, it is a lot of pieces. First of all, go short term. Great trade for the Lakers because now they're the favorites to win the title because they have LeBron, they have Davis, they kept Kuzma, who I, I don't love as much as some of the people are making Kuzma seem now like he's Chris Bosh. And it's like, all right, he's fine. Um, yeah, I like him, but he's, he's okay. not. He's not. They have the cap space, which we're going to talk about later. What should they do with this 22 to 27 yeah, million, no whatever? People yeah. are like, get Kemba as the third person. Like, well, every Lakers get- article I've read, like Davis is just waiving his $4 million trade yeah, kicker. why? Nobody's but, ever done but, that. And, and think about this, too. He's he's not. I talked to somebody today said, nope, it's not happening. And if it were Clutch, like the joke around the league was like, it'll be funny when Clutch tries to convince their own client to waive the $4 million trade kicker to help build out the rest of the roster. Why would he do so that? About, Clutch won't want that to happen for that specific reason that it makes it look like they were the ones that talked their client out of giving up four. It's four million free dollars. Yeah. He's taken it. So the $33 million projection. It's four and a half million, actually. Yeah, four and a half. So the $33 million cap projection. It's really like 22. It could be 23, 22, 23. And that, again, is the, I don't know if this is boring for everybody, but. Basically, no, it's, the Pelicans, it's, it's a fair thing. You're not getting Kemba Walker with a contract starting $22 million. You're just not. No, unless he desperately wants to be there. And the part of it where it's like, well, wait a minute, why don't the Pelicans just do that for the Lakers? Maybe that's why they got all these extra picks or this, the pick swap stuff that we'll get to. But I was looking at it again. And, you know, look, a lot of moving pieces here with all this stuff. But it would cut into the Pelicans' projected cap space. So the Pelicans would be like, why do we, you know, maybe we won't use it. But why would we do something where we have to give up? $5 million in yeah, projected cap space. We're only helping you so much because you screwed up our season and you put us in this position. So we'll, you can trade us the most incredible trade package anyone has traded for a player 
Although some people, but we're think not also helping out with your cap. That's what some people do think, though, is happening, and that all these little things. Like I don't know if this will end up coming out later in the week. We're like, actually, New Orleans did agree, but some of the early stuff is saying that the deal will go down July six, and if Davis doesn't waive his trade kicker, like we're looking at twenty two, twenty three, the lowest of the three numbers that people have thrown out there. So if we're just doing who won the trade first take style, I think the Pelicans won the trade about as convincingly as I've ever seen a team win a superstar trade. The haul that they got back resembles nothing in the history of the league. Nobody has ever gotten this many assets back for one player. It's never happened. We can go through. I have all of them written down. I'm happy to just Do make it. the no, podcast super yeah. boring for 20 no, years. List but, it. So I wrote a piece for ESPN in 2011 when Carmelo got traded. And the conceit of the piece was every time a team trades for a super duper star or even like a really good superstar, that team has won the trade. And I went backwards and I listed all of them. You're going back 1965, Will Chamberlain, 1968, Will Chamberlain, 1970, Oscar Robertson, 75, Kareem, 83, Moses, 93, Barkley, 94, Chris Weber, 96, Barkley again to Houston, 96, Jason Kidd to Dallas, 99, um, Penny Hardaway, here's the first one you might regret, where they where they gave up a lot for a guy who ended up injured. Uh, Again, he, you're pointing out the history tells you when you trade for the best player, you win the trade th- every That's time. the first right, one we right, mentioned right. where it didn't work. Houston, Tracy McGrady, that worked. Uh, New Jersey, Vince Carter, an absolute fleecing. Eric Williams? Miami, no, Aaron Williams. Excuse me. <laughs> Miami gets Shaquille in 2005, win the title a year later. Celtics, Kevin Garnett, they won that one. And then Pau Gasol. So that was the lead up to 2011. Since then, we've had Carmelo, we had Chris Paul to uh to the to the Clippers, they won that one. Dwight Howard to the Lakers, everybody lost. You know what's weird? Uh, is James Iguodala, Harden, Iguodala ended up being the best piece yeah, he in did. all of them. And he, but he didn't stay with his yeah, team. Right. Houston gets Harden and then Kawhi goes to Toronto. So I just went through the history since basically 1965 of the biggest stars getting traded. And really, the only time there was real regrets was that Penny Hardaway won 1999. If you're getting the star, you're usually winning the trade or at least feeling pretty good about That's it. That's what I've always argued. Like, whenever we're sitting here trying to argue about, like, what do you get with this guy? What do you get with that guy? Like, even the Paul George thing. Because the the Oladipo that they traded, you know, wasn't... <laughs> it wasn't, like, a major asset. No, no. People were knocking... The, people were killing the Pacers for that trade. I didn't like it. Uh but but it's also not entirely fair to do this hindsight thing with Oladipo and say, well, you know, look what he ended up being. Yeah, like he changed his body. That's one of those things where it actually worked out really well for both teams. And Oladipo took himself up to another level. But I always think with these trades, you know, whenever like the rule for a lot of GMs, it, this is pretty basic, but a lot of guys will tell you whenever it's going down, whenever the trade is happening, you know, six, seven different moving pieces, three teams, whatever, end up with the best player out of the entire group. And more often than not, you're going to end up saving your job. This trade was crazy. Okay, so you're was, saying this is the one that goes counter history. No, some because, would argue the mellow one actually wasn't that great because especially it wasn't great, but it wasn't. It did what it did. It was actually the thing that really screwed them up was when they aimed the Steve Chauncey Billups. So they instead of saving it for Amari, I think if they hadn't done that, it actually might have worked out better. I just there's no correlation what they traded for Davis a year from his free agency with no other bidders was just way more than anybody else has ever traded. I Looking through all those trades, I think the most anyone ever gave up for a superstar or a potential superstar was when Washington got Chris Webber in 1994. They traded Tom Gugliotta, I'm sorry, Tom Gugliotta, 
and they traded three unprotected first rounders in 96, 98, and 2000. And those picks became Todd Fuller, number 11, Keon Clark, number 13, and Chris Mim in 2000, number seven. Chris, the secret of Mim? Yeah, that's the most. So then here's what, uh, here's what Orlando got for Penny Hardaway. They got Danny Manning, Pat Garrity, a 2001 first rounder, which became number 18, and a 2002 first, which became number nine, Amari Stoudemire. This Lakers trade, they got the number two pick in the 2016 draft, Ingram, who if he's healthy, we like. We just don't know what the deal with the clot thing. The, the, the reports seem to be he's okay. It still makes me nervous. I'm still not sure how much I like him, but go ahead. Just keep going. I'll, 21 I'll, years old. Right. Right. Or great. he's going to be 22 next year. Uh, they get Lonzo, who's the number two pick in whenever the 2017 draft. Right. But whenever you're trying to make an argument anti the player, you're supposed to round up a year or two years on their <laughs> okay. age. Okay. okay. Like I'm hearing just like whenever you're With trying Durant, to win the argument on he's TV, 35. You just add two years to his age on a TV show and no one will figure it out. So they got the number two overall picks in back to back drafts who we still like as assets. I like Lonzo. I do. Uh, um, when, when people were talking about them trying to kick the tires on the sixth pick, maybe the seventh pick with Chicago, Lonzo, I'd rather all have Lonzo. stuff. I, yeah, we, we're sitting there going, actually, I think I'd rather have Lonzo from New Orleans. They got the number four pick in this draft. Yep. My favorite player. Right there. That's about as much as anybody's given up for a player. Now, Davis is 26. He's in his prime. You give a little more than that. Well, here's what else they gave up. They gave up. <laughs> Jesus, this is really crazy. Two unprotected future picks. That the 2021 one is top eight protected, basically. If it's not in the top eight, it rolls over to 2022. This is important because why? The double draft year. The 2022 draft is the first draft that has high school high schoolers in it. They rigged this so that their 2022 pick could be in the double draft where there is right. just the but, most loaded draft we've had. Here's the other thing. LeBron's going to be a free agent by then. It exactly. might, might be either out of the league or on a different okay. team. Well, the LeBron would still have been with Anthony Davis through his second year together. Okay, so LeBron's third year. So you get you guaranteed two years. So it's not top eight protected. They get it if it's top. That's eight. what I mean. It's right. top eight. Right. So what guaranteed. they'll likely get because it'll be a LeBron Anthony Davis barring some catastrophe here. Yes. They won't want the pick and they'll want it unprotected and it's likely to be unprotected. So the next pick that they get here is probably twenty twenty two in the year that you're talking about the double draft. Also screws the Lakers because now they can't trade. This a first rounder, they can't trade a first round pick really for anything because it's so up in the air that it's not an asset anymore. You can't do it because it's like, hey, we'll trade you this, but look, it might not happen. And damn, it doesn't work the way. All right. Just something so, to think about when the deadline comes around and they're not able to close on some things. So if you had told me this was the whole trade, yeah, I would have been like, wow, great haul for New Orleans. Los Angeles had to do it. They, they went all in on LeBron. They wasted a year. They had to do it. They had to get Davis. No, they, the trade's not done yet. 2023 pick swap. And then unprotected. an unprotected pick right. that they have their choice between 2024 and 25 for. And at that point, LeBron will be, I think, 40 years old. This is like a divorced dad on spring break with kids like 10 years younger than him. That's, <laughs> that's how little protection there is. Now, on top of it, those guys are going to be making so much money that it's going to be really hard to add to this team, which we saw what happened with Miami, you know, in the 2013, 14 range where you can only like bandaid it with Ray Allen and Mike Miller and, and Udonis Haslam, who's already there. At some point, it just becomes hard to add players to keep your team competitive. You need probably seven to eight in any given year. So they went all in and they basically have to win the title this year or next year for this trade to make sense, I think. 
Well, the trade makes sense because you traded for Anthony Davis. Okay, so we can put this pass fail grade on it thing if they don't win a title. But as it stands today, like there's so many different things. Like when I look at this draft kind of after the four guys, if I watch Derek Culver one night, I can like him and I can watch him the next night and go, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't really like him. That's what I feel like this this trade is because. You know, for this Lakers team to have the year they just had to get LeBron and then from that moment on have everything go wrong. Yeah, like literally everything has gone wrong for almost 12 months for this organization. And Rob Palenka has this job that it felt like now, even maybe more so after the weird Heath Ledger Kobe story that wasn't true, that a lot of people just started going, you know what, this guy, like he doesn't get it. He's not right for the job. Jeannie's stubborn here. There's a Kobe connection. Like she doesn't want to get rid of this guy. And he needed a win. He needed some perception win. So that's why he's doing it. I do always spend, I don't you know whether it's talking to guys, but like I am fascinated by it. Like if you ever got Griff like hooked up to a lie detector and you said, again, David Griffin, and you said, when would you have said yes? I, with you, that you point in the trade that right. I said before I added the other two picks. <laughs> yeah. So now they is gave everybody- away two, two, four, and then 2021 or 22 unprotected. That that's the biggest haul anybody's ever given up for a star ever. Is it? Okay, but if, Just we, if we talk about the players and we do this thing where we start associating like where they were drafted or what that actually means, there's a there's also a chance that Ingram gets hurt again and he's not great because he needs the ball and doesn't fit with all those guys and he's somebody who puts up big points on a bad team and Lonzo's hurt all the time. He can't make a shot. Is Ingram a, a top throw. fifty right. trade asset? I'm saying there's a there's a version of this where all three of those players in two years we go, man, geez, those guys. But are they assets though? They're they're moderate assets. There's, I agree. There's not one player there where the Lakers are waking up today going, damn it, you know, I would have left, I would have loved to have kept Ingram out of the deal. I would have loved to have kept Lonzo out of the deal. So yes, they want number two in previous drafts, but I don't think it's fair to say like, oh, look at all these top draft picks. No, but have. remember at the lottery night we said, or right afterwards, when the Lakers got the fourth pick, we knew. We said this now makes the Davis trade happen because they did not have the centerpiece of a trade. Now, it turns out the centerpiece was basically that number four pick, all the unprotected picks coming later, where it's basically like two and a half because that pick swap, as we found out with the Brooklyn trade with the Celtics a couple years ago, that's how the Celtics got Tatum. They pick swapped. Yeah, just a bit like back the to the pick point, swap like, is really important. Imagine just thrown in. And maybe this is just the game. Maybe this is what you don't understand. Like with that Nets-Celts deal, the story goes that like Wick Grosbeck just come, kept going back and saying, ask for this, ask for this. And you're thinking like, how do you even ask for that when you have a 37 and 36 year old guy right. going back? And you got and, unprotected picks, which nobody gets anymore. <laughs> and by the way, the Pelicans got three in this. Yeah, right. And so, you know, the Celtics back to that trade, the, the biggest knock wasn't even just that they gave up all the picks for all of these older guys, because in the moment when that trade happened, it wasn't it wasn't even close to the reaction to it as it developed. Like as the Nets Celtics thing got later on, you'd go and wait a minute. Oh my yeah. God. Like this might be a total disaster for Brooklyn. But, but what happened though with that though? Prokhorov, Prokhorov changed, changed right. his financial. Basically what they're going to do is just spend, spend, spend. I don't care about the luxury tax bill. They do that like, trade sucks. a year yeah. later. He's like, this sucks. I care about the luxury tax bill. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not spending money anymore. They're like, what? We just gutted our whole team. Like, what are you how doing? much am I paying for Joe Johnson? Yeah. So, that in the moment wasn't as terrible. And some people that have compared this to being like the same thing. Well, first of all, look, it's you didn't just trade for 37-year-old no, Kevin Davis Garnett. Davis is I mean, top you traded, seven yeah, guy. You just traded for Anthony Davis. That comp I don't really love. But it does get back to like when another team calls to complain about Daryl Morey to me. They're like, your boy Daryl. And like Daryl and I are friendly, but we're not boys, yeah. boys. I've just known him a long time. Yeah. And the other teams would be like, he offers the worst trades of anybody in the league. 
And I now kind of realize why he does, because it's it's worth it. So if you're Griff and you're going, who cares? Like this guy's gone anyway. It's awesome to think that like you would just keep asking for all of this stuff. But we, like I said with the players, there's a version of this where you don't regret losing any of those guys. You give up the fourth pick. Who knows? A lot of people think it's a three-person draft. I don't know what's going to happen with that fourth pick. I would just take Garland. And then these other picks, if this team ends up being good, sure. And if the team ends up being bad, LeBron is gone, retired, Davis gets hurt, then this thing could be a total disaster in five or six years. Five but or six? It could be a disaster in two years. Here's the difference between you know the motto of this trade. And by I the mean, way, the Laker, Laker fans, don't do the whole, you just hate this trade because it's Celtics. Look, I think, I think you have a very good chance of making the finals next year with this trade. So that makes... We At least some semblance of it worth it. Which is so hard. The difference between to. this and what happened in 2011, when you had this team basically try to, the Heat, trying to say, we're just going in with these three guys. Haslam's still there. We talked Mike Milner. We've got five guys. It's not enough, but we think we can win the title anyway. The Lakers have two guys in Kuzma right now. They have LeBron, who missed significant time for the first time last year, who's now entering, what is this, year 15? 17? Oh, is it? No, 0304 draft. This is the 17th season. He's played 1,500 games. Dave Davis, who has not been able to stay on the floor, um, certainly for 82 games a year. He, he would have played a full season. He this has, year, but he's a but... nagging injuries guy. He's, yeah, that's he's somebody fine. that, if yeah. you're going to say LeBron and Davis carry us, play 3,000 minutes each so we can contend. But I don't played, think those, look, those he, two can do that. He would have played in the 70s. I mean, it's no guarantee, but it's you can't just give him an injury. He played 75 and would 75. Would you call him durable? No, but he played 75 and 75 the previous two seasons of this one. So you're going to have LeBron, you're going to have Kuzma, and you're going to have uh, Davis, and then whatever they do with this cap space, which we'll get to you. I just think it's a lot to ask of those guys. I think it's a lot to ask from LeBron because... You know, we saw it with Kobe in the 2012 and on range where we just assume these superstars are going to stay incredible in basketball and then it's over, you know, and they move to a different point of their career. Offensively, his stats were good last year, but, you know, he takes a lot of plays off. He's, especially in the regular season, he's pacing himself. I just think it's really, it's going to be really hard for this. This is not like a 65 win team, no matter what they do with the, with the cap space. And then you're talking about down the road, like what's the line for you? that you would have done the trade anyway if you were the Lakers. For me, it's like Ingram, Lonzo, the number four pick. Um, and maybe I would have done an unprotected in 2000. Maybe I would have done that too. Just because I've, I've looked so bad as an organization the last, what, seven years? And this LeBron thing really could have gone south in a disastrous way. And you kind of just have to do it. I, that's as much as I would have given. I would not have done the pick swap. I would not have done the 2024-25 pick. That's just too much. I'm not, I don't know who I'm bidding against. It is Denver's too much. Denver's not doing that. Right. It is too much, and I kind of don't care. You know? So I, you're you're like, fuck it. We got Anthony Davis. I wouldn't want to say yes. I wouldn't want my name attached to this. Because I would say to Griff, I'd go, who am I bidding against? He's not playing there. Do you want to do this again? You want your first year with Zion to be this Anthony Davis clutch disaster? Is that what you want? Because go ahead, fucking do it. Well, it'd be go year ahead. two like, of the clutch disaster. Right. That's what I'm saying is I would, I would, that's how I would have to talk to Griff about it. Be like, dude, you want how many picks? You want what? You, I'm giving you the three guys. I'm giving you the fourth pick. I'll give you, yeah, like, I think there is a line, but it, then when it's finally done and you go, okay, the top three guys and, and people can dump all over PER now, the top three guys in the NBA's history 
are Jordan LeBron and Anthony Davis. And now you have those two guys. And you have and Anthony Davis for his whole prime right. now, basically. So, And your Palenka, who everybody was doubting. Never forget the motivation of the general manager who either wants to keep his job, wants to change the narrative yeah, about himself. Yeah, because what does he and- care? He's going to get fired anyway if this trade doesn't work out. This is a classic, like, yeah, fuck it. This doesn't work out. It's not coming back to haunt me. I won't have a job. It just would have been weird. Like, do you think Griff, and again, a private moment, he would tell us, no, um, never. Well, he would never tell us this, no. but do you think he would ever like imagine he's saying something like the most trusted person that he has in his life? He's he's he, laughing. He's, he's he like, has I, to, he he's has like, to be going. I can't believe I got the, this many assets for a guy who was leaving in a year and no other bidders. I had the Celtics going. Yeah, we do J- Jason Tatum in the 14. Yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah, we would think about that. That was like his other offer. I just can't believe it. Like if Polinka went to buy a house. Let's say he's buying a house in Manhattan Beach and there's this $15 million house on the Strand. And Polinka sees he's like, I really work. like this house. And the and he asked the he asked the realtor, hey, any other bidders for this house? The realtor's like, no, it's $15 million. And Polinka's like, how about if I offer 50? <laughs> no, no, no. It would be like, he's I'm like, not. He's got the house. No, that's great. Would, I've got the $50 million that's, house in the strand. I might have lost it. The analogy is him just going, there's no other offers. Okay, I'll pay list. So I I don't know if I'm I'm getting through to you here. I know no, I probably you're sound like I'm, I think I'm contrad- I feel like it sounds as if I'm contradicting myself. My point is, is that I agree that there had to have been some line that it feels like Polinka went over and that Griff probably in a, has, is sitting there going, I can't believe this. But there's also a part of me who's kind of like, F it. I just got Anthony Davis. And everybody kept telling me after one summer, right, this nonsense that no one wanted to play with LeBron. I'm not saying everybody wanted to play with him. Yeah. But because Bosch and Wade did want to play with him almost a decade ago and Kyrie was already there and they traded Wiggins for Kevin Love that now no one. Durant didn't want to leave Golden State. No way. You know what I mean? Clay Thompson wasn't coming. Oh, no way. Now he's hurt. You know, Kyrie kind of did this 180. Kawhi may or may not have wanted to play with him. We were looking at just a few players and turning this into the entire league didn't want him, wouldn't want to be there. And so now they went ahead and grabbed the guy, a guy that's probably better other than Kawhi than any other player that could have even dreamed of grabbing this summer. LeBron, 1,200 regular season games. 239 playoff games. He's already played like one of the five most grueling minute uh, workload careers of anyone we've ever seen. Now, he's also been a freak and he's in incredible shape and all that stuff. But I'm torn on it because I'm a big believer in get the superstar, do what it takes. I've just never seen a price paid like this ever. And I I thought that was the message that got lost over the weekend because people were just going, well, you got to get him. I'm like, yeah, but. To a point. Do you have to gut the next seven years of your of of your team? Like this trade's gonna hold them hostage. And if they don't win this year or next year, it's unrealistic to expect LeBron in year 20 to still be a top 15 guy. So it's basically they have to win the title this year or next year for this trade to make sense. And if they don't, I it's somehow it's a bigger risk than the Kawhi trade. I thought the Kawhi trade was risky. This trade was like a thousand times riskier. The Kawhi trade actually didn't really bother me because of who was doing it. It was Toronto where you go, what are they supposed to do? Just keep DeRozan and Lowry again next year and see what happens? Like that was about shaking them up. We've just never seen somebody trade for a guy knowing that they were going to be there for one year. You know? Yeah. I don't don't, don't remember that. 
Paul George thing is similar to it. In hindsight, now it feels like, oh, no, no, he was. Yeah, but I'm saying Kawhi is better than Paul George, I guess would be my. Yeah, but we're talking about superstars. There was a time there with Paul George. You know what I was surprised is, you know, in my. I was pro really both sides on this thing. I'm surprised, and maybe it's just how the year went for Anthony Davis. How many people, when I had suggested like Davis a year ago was being talked about as maybe the best player in the world, that there were so many people that were like, no way, no way. You're like, what? Like, you don't remember the way we were. Certainly the most talented. The way we were talking about him after that Pelican sweep. Like, there was a, you know, we do this in the players. Like, wait a minute. You know, that's like Kawhi. What Kawhi's been able to accomplish here is that it's not just that you win a ring and your finals MVP. It was the same thing for Steph a little bit. Like, we invite you to this thing and we start going, okay, look, all summer going to next year, you're the guy. And Davis was part of that conversation. And his numbers were even better the beginning of this year before the whole thing turned into a fiasco. So I love him as a player. It, I, it goes back to the old schoolyard thing. They have two of the best guys in the league. And regular season plus playoffs, they're going to be relevant. And so they're they're buying relevancy with this. The problem is they spent the whole decade tanking to get to the point where they would have all these top five lottery picks, right? Which they took basically three and four years or more than that because Russell. They had three number two overall picks and they got the number four this year. And Randall was another. And player. Randall was seven. Right. And then um, on all these picks coming, so they've basically thrown away a decade of pay- of lottery picks potentially or high draft picks or just unprotected picks for these two guys. So now it has to work. If it doesn't work, we'll remember this as like the, the, the all time just heat check trade anybody's made. And I still don't know who they're bidding against. I really don't just name me a team. Maybe Palenka thought like, look at the end with the LeBron stuff with other teams, it hasn't gone well, but you know, at least we won't have to take on George Hill's contract. We can just lose all our picks. (laughs) Uh, Let's take a quick break. Let's talk about Simply Safe. There are over 2 million burglars reported every year. That is one every 13 seconds. What's crazy is only one in five homes have home security. Maybe it's because most companies really don't make it that easy. You know, it's confusing. It's expensive. Takes too much time. It's a hassle. It's like, you know, buying a car is a pain in the ass. Um, Doing your taxes is hard. Figuring out home security, that's hard. Well. Simply Safe should be your top choice. Hands down, they protect your whole house, your whole home, your whole apartment, whatever it is. Every window, room, and door, 24 7 monitoring for just a fraction of the cost. It's designed to blend right into your home. No wires, no drilling. No wonder it's won a ton of awards from the likes of CNET and the New York Times' wire cutter. Visit simplysafe.com slash BS. You'll get free shipping and a 60 day risk free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now to the simplysafe.com slash BS URL. Simplysafe, two eyes, simplysafe.com slash BS. So they know our show sent you. Simplysafe.com slash BS. Back to the pod. Lost in this trade. You wanted to go Lakers? Because I wanted to audible the Pelicans really quick. Oh, yeah. Go for it. I looked this up too. Zion is in the best roster shape of any potential rookie superstar. In 40 years. 40. 40 years. 40. How did you come up with that? I went through everybody. I went through everybody who, when they were coming in the league, is this person going to be a superstar? How strongly do we feel about it? And it's a, it's not as long of a list as you think. But if you're just going backwards, here was uh, the 2002 Pelicans. Or, sorry, 2012 Pelicans. Davis goes on that team. Here are their best players. Ryan Anderson, Eric Gordon, 
Grievous Vasquez, El Farouk Aminu, and Robin Lopez. 27 wins with Davis that year as a rookie. That's 2007 like KD goes to Seattle, the tragic last Seattle year. Here's is, here is best teammates. Earl Watson, Nick Collison, Chris Wilcox, Kurt Thomas, Jeff Green. He had terp. That Jeff team Green. won 20 wins. Yep. Uh, 2003 LeBron. Here was his team in Cleveland the first year. Boozer, young Boozer. Young. Ricky Davis, Darius Miles, Zadrunas, feet breaking down over and over again, Ogaskis. Jeff McInnes, one of the least liked players of that decade. And Eric Williams, that team won 35 wins. All right, now you go to 1997, Tim Duncan. It's like, oh man, remember what an awesome situation he went into that year? Not really. David Robinson, Sean Elliott, who had, had just been, they tried to trade for most of the middle of that decade. Vinny Del Negro and Avery Johnson. That was it. That was the heart of the team. There's a little Jaron Jackson uh, senior there too. 56 wins for them. And then you have Shaq. In 1992, Nick Anderson, Scott Skiles, Dennis Scott, Tim Tolbert, Anthony Bowie, they won 40, 41 wins. And then I, I forgot to put uh, Chris Weber in here because when he went to the Warriors, they had Hardaway, they had dudes, Tim, yeah. uh, Chris Mullen, yeah. Latrell Sprewell. That team was pretty loaded too. But you really have to go back to Bird and Magic in 1979. Okay, but you're talking, I thought you were saying contracts. You're talking roster? I'm just saying like, you're, you're taking a you. young like, what's star. What's so great about this roster? Which roster? What's so great about the Pelicans roster right now? Well, I'm going to give it, I'm just saying roster situation. So there, contractually, I would agree with you. I don't, so Zion's going to a situation right now where he has Drew Holiday, yep. Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, whatever they get with this number four pick. Uh, they have about 30 million in cap space. Julius Randle just opted out. Julius Randle we'll opted out. We'll so see what happens. 25 to 30 million in cap space, whatever they do with the number four pick. All of their first round picks they still have. And then from the Lakers, Two unprotected picks, one of them coming while Lanza, while uh, Zion's still a rookie, and then the 2023 swap. I'm telling you, that's the best situation anyone's been in in 40 years. Like that is a situation where they could immediately build a roster carefully with him as a centerpiece that contends for titles in a couple of years. I'm going to push back on Please. the Spurs one. I mean, he's got David Robinson to play alongside to kind of back then, especially when you needed bigs yeah, to kind of protect great. each other. There's the, there's no number two on here for Zion that's close to what David Robinson was. Okay. But it Would was you, David Robinson and some contracts, and they didn't have all these Laker picks coming, you know? I like Drew Holiday. I do. And I'm not I really do, do. I'm not going to do the, oh, he's never made an all-star team. That's that's a log jam of the position, especially out West. That's not, I don't like when we do that kind of stuff where it's like, oh, well, if he's so good, well, no, then you're just being difficult. I like Drew Holiday. I don't Robinson think that was having two. some back stuff, I think, by the time Duncan showed up. There, I don't though. think that yeah, was one no. of the reasons he missed all the time the year before. <laughs> Remember, he one. had all those injuries and they tanked it and they tanked and they shut him down. Yeah, which Spurs fans I've never understood. Like Spurs fans argue stuff that I'd be like, why well, this is such a waste of time. It's like, I think we've done this before. Like yeah. the Duncan no, the, you, center you, power. You shut forward. him down and you tanked. Like, why did you why do you care if we just point out that he actually is a center? And I know right now it's going to happen. I'll get all sorts of Spurs fans <laughs> mad. Be like, of all the stuff you could argue, why would you argue? Like, you would never argue. It's like Lowry with Toronto fans. But like, if Lowry's on another team with Toronto fans, be like, he's a top five point guard. <laughs> like, you wouldn't. If, if we were saying, what is the most fun team to build a roster with for the next 10 years? Last year's answer would have been the Celtics, right? A year ago. Absolutely. We would have said, you know what team I want to be? The Celtics. Now I look at all the rosters. And it's like hands down the Pelicans with all the assets they have. And How if, much? And there's a chance, there's a chance 
Ingram and Lonzo are better than than I think people realize because they were in a really fucked up situation the last couple of years. Lonzo with Zion, Ingram if he's healthy, actually like getting the ball a little bit, like there's a chance those guys are better than we know. There's also a chance they're not as good as we thought. See, that's my point. And I think I think Lonzo's a better bet to be a better version of himself than what we've seen so Me far. Too. Because you're right. It's been so screwed up the whole time. And you know, playing awesome with Rajon Rondo. Why like was his, he in the team? And if his dad could just get his dad's back on, by the way. Yeah. But like, you know, he goes off and to to sit there and to argue my son should all be on the Lakers and think like people are gonna take you seriously. By the way, my shoes still haven't come in. Um <laughs> I, I just I I hope because I've had some Pelicans people reach out not Griff, and go, how bad is it? And I go, I'll never forget when I asked the Lakers. I go, a lot of this is probably overblown, right? Like, it's just kind of stupid. And a couple of Lakers guys were like, no, it's it's the worst. They're like, it's bad, and it sucks, and it's not fun to deal with, and it's a real pain in the ass. Yeah. And now it died down, whatever version of it was this last year. I, they, I told just, you, they sent him packing for a while. I right, think. but just the player, we're – totally aligned that like I think there's a really good version of Lonzo that's ready to go I had GMs that were in the lottery that year that were like look I'm not sure if I ended up with a number one pick if like a couple of them were like I think I'd take Lonzo over Fultz can I go further because you know I love Lonzo if I took all the guards in the league where I'm just like who would be the most fun to pair him with as a backcourt mate I think I would pick Drew Holiday because they're kind of both guards. Lonzo's a point guard, but also isn't one of those guys who brings the ball up. Like he's not the kind of point guard you, we think of like Chris Paul has the ball. He's, you know, huge usage rate. Lonzo's like a move the ball along guy. Drew Holiday's like a point guard, but he's not. Like he's he really an play. off guard yeah, who, totally who guards right. other teams' point guards. But now defensively. How great is that backcourt? It's one of the best. It's one. Of, it probably is the best defensive backcourt in the league, right? So now you put those two with Zion. Um, Lonzo's passing with with Zion. That was my mind. I, did they ever? The Laker fans were so excited about Davis. My mind immediately went to like Lonzo and Zion. I'm in Lob City 2.0. I'm ready. And now Ingram is actually this is a nice situation for him because they don't have a scoring forward. He fits Zion. There's like a weird size thing where I still don't know what what position Ingram ultimately is or what his size is, but. If he's the forward with Zion, that weirdly makes sense to me. Now they just need to get a, a rim protector, right? Well, I they might be like good Zion, right away. I kind of like Zion as a center, point center. Yeah, more than anything else. And I'm, I'm glad you said point center because the more you watch Zion, and you know, there's just these passes that he makes. You're like, who is this guy? Like, who is this guy? to figure out the game this way to be this size. So and I feel you, like which so we should say, because we said before, if nobody's heard our pod before, you and I both think Zion is special. Yeah. 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 In the beginning of the year, I wasn't sure yeah. if I thought he was special. And a lot of that was based on like, I don't go to high, I don't have time to go to high school stuff. Okay. Yeah. But I saw the Instagram stuff. And then of course, like in my classic fashion, I'd be like, well, what the hell is all this? Like the dunks are sick, but can he actually play basketball? And a lot of people felt that way that hadn't really seen him. And only, and then you go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like he still can't shoot, but um, he, I, I think I think he is special. I think part of our you know joint excitement, maybe even more so with you, saying he's the best situation we've seen here in forty years. Like if he really is that special, that means like in year two, this team is winning games. How about year one? So think about this. One of the things that frustrated you think us in the playoffs already. Yes, that's hard for me to do, I do. until I've seen it. I do. Well, it, they need one more move because they need the rebound and rim protector. But the other thing I love about this, it was so frustrating at Duke. 
And I really like Barrett. And I actually think Barrett was in a bad situation where he's on this team with this, you know, Comet. And he's somebody that needs the ball. And it was always like a like a tug between those two. He could have made more shots, which had nothing that, to do that with that. That might have helped. But. He could have gone right a couple of times. I still like him. Um, Lonzo and Holiday are both these guys that are just really fun to play with and don't need the ball all the time. And you could actually run the offense through Zion and have like a ball movement thing going on where it's not like he's playing with like Chris Paul or Chris, you know, somebody like that or Conley. Or the, those guys are like, hey, man, I need the ball. I'm a point guard. Yeah. Like, that's we, why Ingram's fit worries me a little bit because I think like some of the best Ingram stuff we've had is when he has the ball more. Like, remember when he was like playing point? It was actually kind of good. Right. Um, well, could you flip him though? Because that's the other thing I was thinking was there's some, there's some flip, you flip uh, Ingram to like Phoenix and do some stuff with that if you just don't like the fit. I would personally, if he's healthy and we don't know if he is, I would like to see him on this team. But uh, I just really think this team's going to be fun to watch. And if I, if you could, if you offered me the GM of uh, GM job of any team in the league just with the rosters, I would want this roster. A year ago, you would have said the Celtics, and now the Celtics are like fourteen. And that's really <laughs> <laughs> uh, rough times. Um, I always like when when stuff like this happens. Be like, why do you think Ingram will want to leave? Like he and Zion are both Duke guys, and be like, okay, let me let's just recap here. Both guys are on campus for like a few months. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> separated by still a few learning years. where the mess hall yeah, is. Yeah. Separated by a few years, like I don't know, I, you know, I don't know if it's like those '90s team that made a run to the Final Four. I have some possible trades for you for the fourth pick because I've decided it would be more fun if the Pelicans trade this pick than if they use it. I also am not sure who the fourth pick is. It seems it's Darius like, Garland. And here before, but well, why people, don't you just do your thing and then I'll jump in? There's some Culver. There's some Hunter. And I, I'm not sure with the roster this team has, I'm not sure if I need there, another we're, guard. Now right? we're making mistakes. What? Yeah. No, because I knew this was going to happen. Because there's people that would say, well, with Lonzo, with Drew, and this situation, you can't bring in Darius Garland. You can't do that. When you don't know how your roster fits, we're not even sure if you're a playoff team. And then maybe Griff just likes Culver or Hunter just as much. Maybe hell, and maybe he likes Kobe White better than Darius Garland. But I would not draft or I should say not not draft the guy that I like because he's a guard. I would seriously, if it were me and I had the fourth pick, I like Darius Garland. I think it's four-person draft. So you would take Darius I would, Garland I would just anyway. say Darius Garland and be like, hey, you know what? Maybe I flip Drew later on. He's really expensive. Well, can I tell you maybe this? Lonzo gets hurt again. Or maybe Lonzo continues to miss everything. And then in certain tight games, he's somebody that no one's even guarding. So you know what? I'll come in and, you know, it's it's barely five games for Garland. I could be off on this. But the handle quickness, shot making out of him needs more love. I agree with you. I wouldn't do the fourth pick based on I'm trying to build this perfect roster. Yeah. I just really like Lonzo. I'm looking at it differently than you. I'm I'm all in on Lonzo. Now I'm I'm I might be in the minority on that. But no, it's I'm looking like at this like I don't need a guard. I have Lonzo and I have Drew Holiday, and this is my backcourt. I actually want to try to find a piece that fits with the team I have because I really like this team. It's not like I'm not looking at it like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. What's because in that case, I agree with you where if you're just adding assets and trying to figure out what you have down the road, that's a different game plan. I'm saying I actually like this roster. I w I'd want to try to craft this number four pick and try to figure out right away if I could build something that's cool. You disagree. Well, I'm all I'm all set. Like, um, let me let me just rephrase that. I'm open to 
any of your ideas for trading the fourth pick for somebody that can give them immediate help. But that guy's usually not nearly as sexy as we want it to be. Yes, there's a Jimmy Butler trade a couple years ago, and that actually ended up working out for Chicago far better than people could have thought. But remember like Chris Middleton a couple years ago? I remember yeah. he was somebody that was mentioned as like, you know, could you could you flip a top five pick for him? I mean, the only other time you're really moving this pick for somebody who's established is that it's a totally disaster situation and the person's disgruntled. So who's who's the happy vet five, six years in and I kind of went through it, and it's not, it's not really easy to pull off. Like, who's somebody that a team goes, I have some you know trades. what? I have some trades for <laughs> okay, you. Okay, here we go then. Look at this. I have six, but just and then I have a three-team around the garland. Like, whenever somebody starts doing the, hey, I want to, oh, I want Culver because he's 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and he no, fits I'm, in better, we're, uh, that's we're, when you start aligned. making mistakes. Because, yeah, I agree. You know what? In two, three years, half these guys aren't even going to be on the Pelicans. I want a number four pick. I can't wait for this. I'm so excited. All right, tr- fun trade number one. Just number four for eight and 10 to Atlanta. No. No for who? No for the Pelicans. But you wouldn't is- want eight and 10. Mm-hmm. Now, because I'm going I Belichick. Really- I don't, after, I'm with you. After the third pick, I think this is a crapshoot for who's going to be the next good guy in this draft. And I actually think I might have a chance to get at eight and 10, I might be able to get two guys that are as good as the guy I could get at number four. If it were five, yes. I'm just staying with Garland. You, so you like Garland. So right. you personally like Garland, but do you see yes. the wisdom in the eight and 10? I do, because I think when it starts getting to five-ish, like I watch Hachimura, right? And you go, okay, I see some of the problems, but... But he's not even in the top 10 anymore, is he? No, but then there's times where I go, how different is it really? Like, he's, is it just because he's a little bit older? You know, and then when I watch... Uh, Jack's the big kid from Texas. In the beginning, I'm like, eh, I don't know. And then the more I watch him, I go, wait a minute. You know what? He's a big guy who rolls. He's incredibly athletic. He knows exactly who he is right now. Maybe he's a little soft, but okay, that's that makes more sense. So yeah, it, at five, I would start thinking like Belichick here. But so I'm saying like you get eight and ten, you could end up with Reddish and Reddish and uh, Huchmore. Yeah. Instead of Jared Coven. Yeah. So that's one. This one hurts. Gordon Hayward. Who says no fourth pick for Jalen Brown? I think the Celtics would say no. I think they would too. Thank you. I just want to throw that out. I'm not saying these trades are perfect. I was just trying to go through. It's hard. It's really hard. It's really hard because I keep hearing like, yeah, they'll flip number four to the star. I was saying this in the ringer NBA stock. I'm like, what star? Who, Who are they flipping number four for? Am I missing something? I know all the guys on all the teams. Here's another one. Would you do semi Ojolai? (laughs) <laughs> I'd have to get a protected first back along with the four. Uh, how about this? Number four in Solomon Hill's expiring to Indiana for Miles Turner, number 18. So you I wouldn't do that Solomon. either from the Pelicans. I'm just saying these are the types of trades. Now you get Turner in. Yeah. He's your center. I have a shot blocker. Is Turner and Zion a great fit or a terrible fit? I don't know. I don't like the trade. I'm just throwing stuff out. The fourth pick in Hill's expiring for Clint Capella. Seems a little too rich. Little, little, little too rich. For Houston? No, for New Orleans. No, see, I actually... All right, hold this thought because we're coming back to this. Two more. The fourth pick, Hill's expiring, and the 2021-22 Lakers pick for Bradley Beal.
And then yeah, if I'm the- yeah, because now we're now we're going like we have established guys. So now it's like Drew Holiday, Bradley Beal, Lonzo, Zion, and free agent center. You can play Beal at small forward, right? Yeah. Do the Wiz do that? Do the Wiz think about that? Do they hang up? Are they trying to dump a contract in there? Like you got to take Jan Mahimni too? I think Beal is going to be the distraction to how bad their situation is as an organization. The Wiz? Yeah. Like dump them now? No, I think they keep him. They keep him long term. At least because, we have this guy. Yeah, at least we have this guy. Okay. Sorry, don't look behind the curtain. I personally do not think the Wiz will trade Beal, but I had to mention that trade. And then last one, fourth pick and Hill's expiring for Steven Adams at number 21. Oh, Adams contract. Yeah. We had him. I would say no for Pelicans. Yeah, Adams contract. And I do like Steven Adams, but it's bad. Just think what New Zealand's going to do with this. It's going to lead to six. <laughs> American sports pundit I trade I could Steven do Adams. New, New Zealand, but it'll just come out terrible. All right, here's my trade. This trade is so good. He's trading Steven Adams Isn't again. that motherfucker? What was that? Both of us. Yeah, it was bad. Sorry, but, New Zealand. Sorry, Chris Lilly. Not New Zealand. This is one of the best fake trades I've ever come up with. I throw out trades. I know it's like I'm 80% there, 90% there. This, I'm 100% there. Call this into the league. New Orleans gets Clint Capella and the number 10 pick. The Hawks get the fourth pick. The Rockets get the eighth pick and Hill's expiring. Who says no? So the Rockets want to get off Capella's money? I'm, give, I'm giving them an expiring contract that they can flip for something else, and I'm giving them the eighth pick that allows them to get at least a younger guy in there that might be ready right away or a trade asset that they can flip. Because the Capella thing, like, where, do we, where are we now with him? Because you want to talk about a peak and valley player in just a short amount of I time. I still like him. I think, I that, still te- like I think him. that team got super weird. I, the I hard like and usage rate thing, I think, went off the rails, and I think that team... The more that's trickling out, super unhappy from like January on behind the scenes. And it really didn't come out till after the season. Yep. I think Harden went that MVP run he went on with the usage rate and the and Chris Paul came back and was like playing the good soldier publicly, but was going, What the fuck? Like this is gonna be our offense every game now? This guy's just gonna yeah, have the ball so, every play. I, I We're just was, gonna stand here. I think there was frustration watching where Chris would go, okay, so now it's my possession. You just, we, you, cause you're not shooting. You take it off now. Yeah. You stand over there and, and like you're just you, not 2017 Westbrook. Yeah. Like what is this? Like, yeah. This is what we're doing. So like we have some of these high usage off the ball guys now that don't do anything. It's and, called like, the it's, Westbrook. It's just accepted in the game where it's like, well, man. And then guys would be like, well, he's putting so much on him in the offense. Be like, yeah, but you can't also have like 20 possessions where you don't do anything. The frustrating thing was when Kyrie when Kyrie was doing that. It's like you're not even as good as Harden. You yeah, don't get to right, do right. this. Be like, you know how like really good players would like it's cool to rest every now and then. Yeah. Because it's like, wait a minute, you get to rest? Like, I'm resting. Like the Heat used to do that where it'd be like, You're resting today? Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna rest then too. That'd be awesome. Yeah, let's let's vote that. Once you hey, did you get that new? Let's go to Barney's and pick up Blazers for our rest night. The worst is when cause we we know because we both played basketball, right? Obviously. The guy who shoots four straight times, then the fifth guy, fifth time up the court is like, hey, you guys shoot this one. I'm going to stand over here and do nothing from 30 feet from the basket. It'll make it so much harder for you because my guy knows I'm not moving. I won't set a pick for you. I'll be over here. You take this one. So there was always fun to play with that guy. There was a there's a bunch of different ESPN pickup games over the years. Um, There's one story I was about to tell. I'm not going to tell it now. 
And no, no, just don't say the name. Do pseudonym. No, I can't. I can't because it's going to turn into a thing. I can't. I can't oh do my it. god! I know. Jesus. No, trust me, because I'll tell you off the air, and you're going to say you were smart to not tell that story. Okay. I'll tell a different one though, based on what you were just talking about. Doug Gottlieb's an awesome basketball player. Okay? Yeah. I mean, the guy was top ten all time leading assists. He's just. I mean, when you're that good and you're winning games in the Big Twelve and you're going into the tournament and like you're just you're going to show up to pick up games. And it's going to be automatic, like, oh, my God. But the knock on him, because it was true, like he he wasn't a good shooter and he couldn't hit free throws. And when you talk to him, too, he's like, man, it's the worst because my confidence was just shot. Like I couldn't I didn't think I could make any shots. So we were playing pickup one day at like the Y in Southington near ESPN's campus, especially back then when I didn't have the normal day thing. I was just basketball heaven. I yeah. played the lunch pickup games three, four uh, days a week. What's better? It was unbelievable. So there was like a bunch of dudes and Gottlieb starts bringing it up. And it was like the fir- one of the first games I played with him. So I don't know if he was trying to like show me how good he was. I'm like, dude, I know how good you were. Like I yeah, watched you played you. in college. I watched you play against Kansas. And he pulled up and hit like four or five threes in a row, but no one ever touched the ball for like four or five possessions. And one of the other guys was like, hey, you know, like we're all just running around out here. Yeah. And Doug's like, hey, those are great shots. I'm open. And I think I said, like, yeah, in the Big 12, that's a great shot. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> nobody's picking you up. We're trying to have a good time. When, like, no one's turning you. And, you know, Gottlieb is, is a really good – I'm sure he's still a good player because he's just one of those guys who's always been a really good athlete. But, yes, it can, as great as a Harden is, as great as a Westbrook has been at times, when you, when you do that kind of stuff, everybody else is, like, bummed out. So Doug Gottlieb's James Harden. There you go, Doug. Jamie Horowitz, Horowitz was like that too because he played at Amherst and he was one of those. He's just shooting five straight times. But you kind of knew. He was like, if the goal is to stay in the court, you don't mind having a guy like that if you're like, we're going to try to play for three hours. Like Jacoby and I, when we when we would play, there would be the times where you played for an hour and a half already, and you but you want to play another hour and a half, but you don't have the the stamina anymore. And you're like, we should, we should get Chris. Chris will just carry us, do 80% of the work. You want to and we f- just get some runs in. And th- those guys are fun to play with. I just wouldn't want to play NBA basketball 82 games with those guys. Yeah, if you want to stay on the court, a Gottlieb helps. I've never played yeah. with Horowitz. That bums me out because I would have liked to play probably against no, him more than with him. He's, I heard he's pretty good. He's fun He's fun to play with. You're just, you know, he's got a high usage rate. Yeah. There's certain guys like Unrelated that. to hoops, but Jacoby, the last time when I flew so to New York City. So much fun to play with. I, I flew to New York City. He was asking me about hoops and then somehow fighting came up. Yeah. And then he just looked at me. He goes, I think I could beat you up. <laughs> and he was serious. That sounds he was like, like Jacoby. He goes, look at my nose. And I go, yeah, it looks like it's been busted up a few times. Yeah, man. I've, and I've, he was he was like, what do you think? I go, I don't. I go, I think you think it and you said it. And that's cool, man. He's just stone faced like 10 minutes before we're going live on the show. He's like, I really think I could beat you up. And he gave me like this deadpan look. I went, all right. What a tangent. So New Orleans gets Capel in 10, the Hawks get four, the Rockets get eight, and Hill's expiring. Who says no? Wait a minute. Say it again. I was too busy thinking about Jacoby. <sighs> Fighting Jacoby? Yeah. Pelicans end up with Capella in 10, Hawks get four, Rockets get eight, and the Hill's expiring. Now, can and I just Pelicans say- Pelicans are saying yes to that. They're moving back six spots, and they're picking up a center who actually might be exactly what we're talking about here with Zion. Yeah. You know, I still love a smaller ball Zion center thing. I think that's going to be the best version of him in today's game but if over the course of 82 games in certain playoff matchups you have a big capella to run around with them too the pelicans would say yes first what if the hawks say we're not doing eight and ten but we'll do eight and 17 and new orleans would end up with capella and 17 and not 10 hmm. 
I think you know, I'd need the 10, right? It feels like it's kind of like for me, one to four, and then five to like 14, 15, or something like that. I feel like I'd be just missing out. But then there's always going to be a couple upsets. So maybe I think, you know. One more variation. Okay. It's hard. I can need a pen. Hawks get four. Herder doesn't go anywhere, right? No, no, hold on. Hawks get four. Rockets get eight, and Hill's expiring. New Orleans gets Capella and Herder instead of the 10. Can they max him immediately? <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we're Atlanta would be, they would sell the franchise. Yeah, no one would ever show Herter. up. Herder's untradeable. Uh, all right, we're taking a break. Come back. Hey, I wanted to mention Big Little Live, our Twitter show, which you can watch on Twitter on the uh, hashtag Big Little Live or at Ringer, Amanda Dobbins, Mina Kimes from ESPN. And, uh, they're breaking it down right after Big Little Lies. Every week it is prevented. Uh, it is presented by Buick, and it's awesome. And speaking of Mina, you can check out her podcast. It's produced by ESPN. It's called The Mina Kime Show with Lenny. Check it out. Subscribe to that one as well. And speaking of podcasts, if you're not listening to Ringer Dish, things are really heating up over there. Tea time, jam session, celebrity deep dives, my daughter is threatening to do another for realsies. That's turned into a really fun pod. And also, if you uh, want to hear people talk about the U.S. Open, go to Fairway Rolling with Joe House, presented by TheRinger.com and, and Callaway. And Callaway. You buried the lead, Kyle. Sorry. Uh, Fairway Rolling, Joe House reacting to a pretty awesome U.S. Open where uh, Brooks Kepka, so close, so close. I was rooting for him. I love Brooks Kepka. Uh, so anyway, that is all on the Ringer Podcast Network. Check it out. Go to theringer.com to read about the draft and all the stuff we have this week, too. All right, back to the pod. I am pro-New Orleans keeping the four pick because as we just did the exercise, I'm not sure there's a trade unless Atlanta gets excited about trading 8-10. and 10. And if I'm Atlanta, by the way, I would rather keep 8-10 and 10 in this draft. I w what are they trading up for number four? Unless you love Culver. And you think like, this is the guy to put next to Trey Young for the next 12 years. You have to like really love Culver to give up eight and 10, eight and 17 is not going to do it. But if they love Culver, then they're thinking it's a, like, oh my God, like think about it. There's so many different versions of the way teams will look at their boards. Yeah. And we can do this consensus thing. And that's how mock drafts kind of weirdly influence this whole thing, especially fan bases where if a guy you saw at nine goes sixth. And your team's picking six, and then he goes, and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe we did this. And you go, I don't know, man, especially this year. Like, I don't think there's that much difference, but anyway. Would you do four and Solomon Hill for TJ Warren and Josh Jackson? No. I would not. I'm worried about Josh Jackson. Me too. And I think TJ Warren is better statistically than I think you realize, but I also think some of that's situational with a bad team. And Would you do four for six and Josh Jackson? Take a flyer on Josh Jackson, change the scenery, put him in a place like New Orleans, he'll be fine. How many times have we that done that? That was a that? joke. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I was just going to say, like, because that's that's one of the rules you'd have to have as a GM. But you know what I can't do? Just because somebody else took a guy high, I think I have a chance. And it's funny because everybody that goes in like the top 10, they'll play more minutes their second year than their first year because it's like the team's trying to figure out if they fucked it up. And then they're like, we did. And then somebody always trades for that guy. We Darrell actually disagree Arthur. on this. Oh. I like betting on high lottery picks because I think history says change of scenery with them, it's actually more favorable than unfavorable. 
Because you, you're going to have the Thabit, Darko, Markel Fultz trades where you just know going in it's it's a sunk cost. And it's like you can't help it. You take a flyer. But I think like... They got the you, 15th pick for Darko. If you look at like they? the Chauncey Billups type guys, those guys for the most part, if you're betting on the pedigree, we've seen that. Oladipo is another one, right? He was the second pick in the draft. Uh, got traded twice. Was in the wrong situation on two teams. And then the right team traded for him. I don't mind trading for the pedigree. I don't think Josh Jackson is a pedigree guy, though. I will say that. Um, how should the Lakers handle their 2020 roster? Now, here, here's... All right, this is, this is so I, hard. You and I have not talked about this, and I think all. we're aligned. Without even knowing where you stand, I'm just guessing we're in line. I think putting, like, Kemba Walker on this team would be absurd and idiotic. That's exactly what I wouldn't do, is the third star who gets to stand there as LeBron and Davis are running, like, a two-man game. They need to actually get a couple good qualified starters who can, who know how to be role guys. Like what basically what the Rockets did when they got PJ Tucker a couple years ago, they need to find their PJ Tuckers. They need to find the Brooke Lopez, Malcolm Brogdon, like those type of guys. That's where I would spend the money. I would try to get two guys that are in that Malcolm Brogdon kind of uh, level versus trying to hit a home run with a third star. I don't, that doesn't make sense to me. What do you think? Plus, you're not really probably getting a third star anyway with 23 million. But anyway, like if Kyrie was like, hey guys, I'm coming, I'll take a little less. I'd be like, is that, is that make them better to have a guy who needs the ball and doesn't play defense? That's a good thing. Okay. I went into this yep. believing everything you just said. I go, they need to flat, they need to spread this money out. Yeah. Because they are right now, Anthony Davis. James Kuzma, Mo Wagner, and Bonya. And we didn't even talk about, yeah, that's that's brutal. We should mention that Davis is going to get a giant extension too. So they're going to be in a situation where a year from now, they have no chance of ever getting anybody who's even close to max. This might be the only time they even have a chance to offer somebody $20 million again for three years. Okay, so say I, I spent three hours on this today. Not surprised. And I'm still i always hesitate to give you homework assignments no i know but i'm glad you did here because it was necessary for this because you know, there was a couple people that i was going back and forth with um that thought this trade was terrible for the lakers i talked to somebody else that was like you know what are you supposed to do um you feel like a team's always make a mistake when it's like well Palenka, as we said at the beginning of the podcast like he needed a win he needed to do something differently and by the way how about magic congratulating everybody and then saying the rest of the front office. And then after everybody had said, you left out Palenka, then he adds in a Palenka tweet. Incredible stuff. After calling him a backstabber on national television. Yeah, you left him out because he called him a backstabber. You believed it. And then because everybody was calling you on it, you're like, I'll throw a Palenka bone too. How about or, or was Magic actually giving himself credit for the assets and all the stuff that they had here to get this deal done? Magic's like, tweets. if it wasn't for me um, creating a complete shitstorm. And uh, and humiliating the franchise and um, and bristling at the fact that people thought I wasn't working hard when I wasn't. This trade couldn't have happened. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I think he's send that one. So let's do let's use the twenty seven million dollar number somewhere around there. So generous. Um, so you, you were doing the middle, right? Because it's not he's. Let's say it's. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be that one. Maybe it's a 23. Because I think Woj and Bobby Marks are saying that it was going to be like 23 this this week and this stuff. So I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen. All right. So let's just say it's those five players. So you're trying to figure out how to get to like eight or nine. 
And so I thought like, actually, yeah, just grabbing Kemba doesn't make a ton of sense. Even though I don't like ball dominant guards, I think Kemba was ball dominant because that Hornets roster was brutal. And when you look at some of his, and KOC had this in the piece on the ringer, and it was really smart, was that over the last four years, his spot up shooting from three has been really, really good. So it tells you that he can still make shots even though he doesn't need the ball the entire time. I, I personally think if they were going to splurge on the third guy, that guy needs to be a really good two-way player a la Bosch. If, if you're going all offense with that third guy, your team's going to be a train wreck defensively. Kyrie I wouldn't want because I wouldn't want the Kyrie thing. Like It's really easy to make up with somebody when you're not living with them. Yeah. And this whole thing that he and LeBron are on the same page, I guarantee I would bet a lot of money that if Kyrie ended up on the Lakers within a year, we'd be saying this, we'd be hearing the same shit. Yeah. Like, oh, wait a minute. Like all the stuff you were unhappy about, you're just going to be unhappy about it again because you're back together. Like everybody can sit there and play nice when you're on opposite coasts. I'm with you. So now when I started running through all the different players, veteran minimum guys, other guys, like if you were trying to spread out the money, Bogdanovich of the Pacers, he made 10 and a half. How much is he going to cost? It's got to well, be how about th- how about Paul Millsap? Millsap's if Denver a thirty declines, million option, but it's for Denver side, not Millsap. Yeah, side. they've they've got to decline. They're declining but- that. So then, what if Millsap's like, I'll come for twelve a year. I want to win a title. I'd probably grab that, right? Okay, but that's it, a glue guy. People talk about JJ Redick. He just made twelve. Do you pay JJ ten after what we saw in the playoffs? from him and you think like okay that's one of our fourth guys like what about Patrick Beverly like is Beverly really going to sign for five million but you can get a defensive guy so now so I had Beverly penciled in as a 10 million dollar guy I don't think that's crazy especially when all these teams have this much cap space so half the league has a lot of cap space let's say Beverly for 10 million a year for three years so let's just 30 million for three for Patrick Beverly let's sign him up okay all right so let's say you got 15 million left like somebody, I was reading another thing today, and again, this this stuff's all over the place. But like, what do you think Danny Green would cost now? He just spent, he just made ten million this past year. It looked like things were probably done for him, and now you're telling me he's going to make like fifteen? There's no way I would spend fifteen million on Danny Green. Like you can talk about wanting shooters, find somebody cheaper. I'm not, I can't give you fifteen. To I Danny think he's Green. looking at five or six, personally, five or six million a year. So let's let's give them. Let's how about this? Beverly and Green combined for sixteen million a year. You think then, Green's going to be five or six? Well, maybe he takes a pay maybe cut because he wants to keep winning. Yeah, or maybe it's a one-year one year deal. He doesn't care, right? Then the cousins stuff. If I were Boogie Cousins, I'd wait until everybody signed and go to the worst team and take twenty shots a game. That's how I get my value back. Forget this going to try to win somewhere because it showed. Mm. I mean, look, he was hurt in that whole thing. Um, Terrence Couple, Ross just made ten and a half. You know, what are the Morris twins going to sign for? That's going to be over 10 million, isn't it? So I, so that's another one that I think happens. Because the Morris is, Marcus Morris is represented by Clutch. Now, here's part of the problem with this. We're listing a lot of forwards. Like Millsap's a forward. Both Morris's are forwards. LeBron and Anthony Davis are forwards. But they still need probably a rim. Maybe they don't need a rim protector. Maybe you just dump the rim protector and Davis has to play center, which he says... He's never wanted to play center. He's always done it begrudgingly. What about Nerlens? No, but that's that's the thing. It's like Nerlens now. It's like starting to make some sense. He's got a two million dollar player option, so they tell him, "Hey, opt out of that, and we'll get you two point five here for one year." What about Trevor Ariza? Ariza's fifteen million. We thought he was going to be gifted to the cooked. Lakers before. I think he's but cooked. is he done? Okay, but if he's done, does that mean you still can get a wing out there that can play sixty games south of thirty minutes a game? 
He's 15 million last year. That's not what he's going to make this year. Seth Curry, he's a free agent, just made under three. I do like Seth Curry. So now you're going. But I, see, I would rather do that. In my mind. I know I'm going fast here, but no, I'm just no, throwing I, out I, a million names in the numbers. In my mind, I would rather dabble in that Patrick Beverly, Seth Curry, Danny Green. I'm I'm thinking that way with the extra money. I want to get like five guys. And if, if, if I end up with four, fine. But I, I need to get seven guys. Right now I have three. And Kuzma was my third. Sorry, Kuzma's not that good. He's fine. Do they go to Pope and say, hey, we, we really hooked you up. And well, you made too much money. So <laughs> but what if they got, here's what we need you to do. What if they got Marcus Morris, Beverly, um, Danny Green, and then somebody they just luck out on, like with what Portland did last year with Seth Curry. And those are your four. Like Justin Holiday. Pat Connaughton's what, non-guaranteed? How about Justin Holiday? Kind of like um, his game. Well, if Collison's gone. Oh, wait a minute. That's Aaron Holiday. My bad. Uh, Justin Holiday, the guy who got, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. on Chicago, got traded to yeah. Memphis. Chicago I just was a hard team to keep track of this year. The worst case scenario is if they go 20 million on somebody who's not Kemba Walker, but is like the next level down. Like they get. Uh, well, the D'Angelo Russell connection is if they're going to drop 27 million on that guy in his first year in a new deal after they just gave him away. The, like that's, did people think the Lakers were getting? Him? I was that's reading. Never this. happened. I was, well, I was reading all the different never. free agent stuff, and there Stop. was there was like, hey, you know, where they bring him back? And I mean, it, I, I then, got real dangerous with some of these numbers, like Austin much? Rivers. Oh, I don't, but I don't mind it. No, could that's he be your seventh about. guy? Yeah, I think that's. I think they should be thinking that way. Now, here's the catch: this train, this organization's been a fucking unequivocal train wreck. Train wreck. One of the least competent owners we've had. All decade. A front office that last year signed LeBron and then surrounded him with a bunch of bozos. I mean, they went, what did they go? One for seven with all those signings? Why Why should I trust them to do the right thing this time? I think they just think like big name star power, which is why, you know, I could see them doing like Tobias Harris or all of those type of guys and, and just trying to lock down one more star and then thinking they can get all these minimum salary guys. I would go the other way. I would try to so, put a team. I have two <laughs> awesome guys. Put a team around them. So I would love to say use that $25 million and then you can use your room exception. Well, they wouldn't have the room exception depending on how this all works out on the timeline of the trade. And then you have the veteran minimum numbers where you know, you're looking at like one and a half to two million depending on five plus more years in the league. I don't trust Palenka to be able to fill out the rest of the roster. What those guys did last year was laughable. It was laughable in the moment. Everybody, there's so many times where the mob can be wrong. The mob nailed it. Like, what are they doing? Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, for all of the stuff where like LeBron's pulling, the, LeBron liked Rondo. He always wanted to play with him. You know, LeBron's always like Cousins. I don't really get it. Okay. But plenty of people obviously like Cousins with people freaked out that he went there. LeBron and I think Clutch to some extent were watching all of those signings last summer going, what the? is going on here? well and then magic goes on summer league and explains it it's like people think the league's about shooting it's no, about toughness like, yeah he had like, that whole speech they wanted to it's they, about toughness they wanted it's not about shooting that would go in the tunnel and you're like <laughs> yeah what after a loss <laughs> like so well how know. about this does rondo come back because you have rondo and anthony davis really clicked in new orleans two seasons ago it seemed like rondo and lebron got along 
He's always liked Rondo, man. But so could you see Rondo come back for like one year, eight million? I personally would rather have Beverly. I'd rather I think have Beverly, Beverly is, I, yeah. especially on this kind of team, I think they need some junkyard dog guys, and he's one of them. I'd rather my guys that are fighters fight the opponent than everyone on my team and the coach. And what Rondo did at the end of the year, and then he turns it out that it's all. Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot about yeah, that. You, yeah, you they can't down, bring him back. You go, you, you sit down, and then you get pissed at the media for covering and acting like we're the bad guys when it's like, no, you go out of your way to show up people because you're smarter than everybody else. So I don't know why Rondo would come back, but. One more name for the Dylan Brooks. Um, I got one more name for you. He's a qualifying offer anyway, but I got excited. I do like Justin Holiday. Uh, one more name for the 22. We mentioned Kemba. We did not mention Jarebko. Um, Off and on. I didn't even write his name down. I saw Off and it. on. Yeah. Could you get him for 20 a year? Jarebko? Yeah, 20. Or <laughs> would he want the full 23? <laughs> would he would just, his agents would go, that was not. Playoff Jarebko and regular season Jarebko are two there's different a, things. I don't know what it is about this summer, but there's like a lot of randos that I really like this year. Do you? I, I went really, through all I of like the names Holiday. and I, I go, but okay, but back to the, the whole question. I think question. Marcus Morris like, is, could be a seventh guy on this team and contribute. He might be more than that, dude. Maybe. He might this, be their fourth best guy. As it stands right now, and that's why the Vegas thing is a little out of control, but it's the hype. It's the Vegas, the Lakers influence on that whole thing. So just to say blindly, oh, that's the team. They're the favorite. We haven't even had the draft. We haven't even done free agency. So the whole, the Lakers are the favorite and remain the favorite the whole way through. Can we see how the next few weeks go before we're ready to anoint all that stuff? So having gone through this massive exercise, Bill, my answer would be just pay one of the other guys the max money. Wow. And do, yeah. So You're I, flipping around. I, I started on your path as, and then as I did the exercise, I go, what's the difference? Why am I, like, am I really going to be able to get Morris, Beverly, Seth Curry, and Austin Rivers for $25 million. Am I really going to be able to do that? Or with all this cap space, is one of those guys going to end up getting way more money? Avery Bradley's another name, but we've watched him yeah, enough. And then, done. like, look, he's going to end up probably making more than $10 million in that first year if he does a short deal. Uh, or maybe not. I don't know. I mean, this stuff's always kind of tough with all these teams. I think I'd rather actually go the old school route and max it out and then get ready for Mello. <laughs> okay. And Dwayne Wade. But seriously. And Dwayne Wade. Why not Wade, both? Wade's like, Wade's can, here. Wade's like, we can do another DVD. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine the <laughs> deleted scenes. Yeah. Bonus material. Instead of a jersey exchange, everyone around the league has to give the jersey back to him <laughs> from the past year. He's you, like, he apologizes. It, I'm sorry. It is not ridiculous, though, to suggest that Mello becomes a veteran minimum guy on this team. With, it's going to be so hard for them to figure out the rest of this roster. So your approach makes sense. I don't trust Blinken to pull it off. And it's it's just I think it's harder to get the right guys. There are a lot of uh you know, if if this was the Clippers organization, because I think they've been really smart. I really liked a lot of the stuff they've done the last two years. If you if I had that front office with this, I would feel so much better about the Davis trade and all the picks they've given up. I just think this is a really high degree of difficulty now. And it's really hard to do this when you just don't have a lot of cap space and you need five guys. That's why I'm glad I got this homework assignment because I think it would have done, fallen into like, look, eventually I would have looked it all up and all that stuff. But like really think if you were in charge of this and you get to build out the rest of this roster with these limited funds and you're going to make it fit basketball wise too. Although, you know, guys probably eight, nine and 10, you're going to go, look, if this guy's got a pulse and can play 30 minutes in any given night, he's going to, I'm going to give him whatever I can give him. But if you're a Lakers fan or you're doing Lakers broadcast, or you just kind of like, oh, they'll figure it out. They'll just figure it out. 
You go ahead and try to do it. It's so hard. Same to thing get with six, seven deep and go, I love that team. Same thing with, yeah, the Pelicans should move the fourth pick for another for another good player. It's like, go, go through all the rosters. Good luck. We just listed all the possibilities. Uh, I think we I think we've hit all the Davis angles. We didn't talk about he's not a rental, by the way. Oh, I know. We didn't talk Some about people uh, suggested. Well, you know, no, it's ludicrous. Right. This is uh, this is done. We didn't talk about. Imagine, I guess imagine the whole though, next summer. He's like, yeah, I really like, like it. Yeah. Well, Dwight Howard did it. Yeah, right. Went to the Lakers and then ended up in Houston. It's, it feels impossible, but I think uh, we didn't talk about the clutch part of this. I look. I'm just trying to be objective. How about you getting quoted for saying Rich Paul should have been fired in that Sports Illustrated piece? Yeah, I just want to know when I said that. I don't remember you ever saying that. I, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I remember all the things I've said on a podcast. Well, that'd be a lot because you've done a lot of podcasts. I just, but, first of all. But this is recent. This was recent because this is when we were talking about it in context of the Anthony I Davis I think I might have said something in one pod about how this completely backfires. Would he change agents? Would you just think like this experience went badly for me? I want I want to try somebody else. You always hate it as the host. Be like, I've never said that. And somebody's like, here you go. And you're like, oh, yeah, damn I just, it. I don't but that was it. weird. When I read that article, which was great for Rich Paul and Clutch. Uh, <laughs> it was awesome. He's making moves. And yeah, well, he made this happen. The problem is he gutted the team of every future asset they had to get this dream scenario in place. So I don't know how that's a good thing. I mean, I guess congratulations. You did it. You got Anthony Davis out of New Orleans. Yeah, but those guys aren't going to care about. Well, they got to worry about Anthony Davis for the next. Le- I'll tell there. you who doesn't care about the future picks: LeBron James. He doesn't Does, care about. Do you think about he gives a shit what happens in 2022? Future picks. He didn't give a shit about current picks. Yeah, you think he cares? He did this to Cleveland. They traded all those first round picks. They won the title, and he was like, "Great, that was awesome." But they traded five first round picks in three years, basically. And they got stuck with Tristan Thompson's contract and Jared Smith's contract, Kevin Love's contract. Like there was wreckage left behind. Nobody cares because they won the title. And that's the mindset here. If we win the title, nobody will care. My point is they might not win the title and then people will care. Now, we didn't mention how wide open it is. This is probably, I'm going to go back to 2009, the year uh, after the Lakers won their first title. When we went into that next season and I really didn't know who was going to win the title and you could have told me seven, eight, nine teams. You could have told me Orlando. They got Vince Carter heading into that season. Celtics had KG back. The Lakers. Um, Chicago seemed like they were the team of the future. There was just a, but nobody knew. Oh, by the way, Joakim Noah, minimum deal. For Lakers. For Lakers that would yeah. be a good one. Yeah. yeah. I had him on my list. It just seems up in the air. It's we've had this uh, this five year Warriors dynasty where they've been the de facto hands down favorite every year. We had the four years in Miami where they've been the de facto hands down favorite every year. 2010 Cleveland was another one that was that that last LeBron year. I think that was the last time it's been this in flux where you probably have 10 teams in the league that think they have a chance. Like if I'm Denver and my odds are 15 to one to win the title, I'd be like, what the fuck? We have cap space to get like one other really good guy. Like we were good last year we have a top seven guy but if you go through i mean you could argue 10 to 12 teams have a legitimate shot at making the finals this year just go through them lakers bucks clippers assuming they get Kawhi, 
Golden State, if they're like a six seed and start getting guys back, it's not like insane. I semi insane, but it's not insane. Like they'll still have the infrastructure and who knows? Uh, yeah, Houston, you have to define insane one year from now. These teams are in the finals with all the things. Like it would be a remarkable story for Golden yeah, State. It's but not I don't insane. think it's insane. Houston, Philly, Toronto. That's the Houston thing for all the like, let's blow this up. Yeah. Go ahead. Celtics. Uh, I love the Nuggets are 20 to one. They were 15 to one at Caesars, but I, that's, that's to me is like the sleeping giant of these long shot odds. OKC still kind of <laughs> waiting for the league just to keep coming back toward them. And then uh, Portland and Utah. It's a lot of teams in Utah. I, I keep hearing they're going to make a run at Russell. And we looked up the the cap space and they, they'd probably have to move a contract before that happens. But I think they're very aware they need the second score. And then Portland, I, I just kind of like their assets because it feels like you don't necessarily need Nurkic and Collins and they have some sort of trade to make. They have Turner, I think, is an expiring this year. And uh, it seems like they can make, there's a move for them to make if they wanted it. So wide open. I like when the league's wide open. Yeah, it's always kind of one of those things where you go, you know, people who complain about it, go, oh, it's the same thing over and over again. And then people get mad there's no dynasties to topple. <laughs> right. uh, a lot of times it's just like, hey, you just don't like basketball. You can just sweet chat. Yeah. You, just, you can just say that instead. Like, hey, there's not enough parody. And I love it even better when people spell parody wrong. Like, I don't think this is a sitcom. But <laughs> it's uh, it's it'll be the flat as it's ever been at the top. But, you know, let's let's see how these next few weeks go. I mean, there are there are things that are going to happen that none of us know about. Well, and this is and the I reason I bring wait. this up. Yeah. I don't feel like team. I, I feel like a lot of teams could sit in a room all day. Like you, I'm the GM, you're the assistant GM. Kyle's our director wait of scouting. Minute, why am I your assistant? Nice. No, no, I'm just, I'm doing a whole, I'm doing a fake office. Kyle's yeah, our but, director uh, of know, scouting. Right. Carrie, my wife is walks in. She's our majority owner. Like we have like our brain trust. Female ownership. Good for the league. And we're just talking. <laughs> and we're just talking about our team. And at some point, Let's say we're running the Celtics and we start talking ourselves into, you know what? Why not us? What if Tatum makes a leap? We bring Horford back. We get some stopgap point guard for some offense defense. Jalen goes up. Hayward is back. Hayward's back. It's like getting our, a free agent. Why couldn't we win the East? And I think there's going to be like eight teams that are just wired that way, that are just looking at the landscape going, we're one move away. We could be Toronto this year. Not the Kawhi desperation guy, you know, you're renting him for a year, but just like a move. That's usually the most dangerous thing you can do. Talk yourself into something you aren't. I 1 million percent agree. If we're just doing the Celtics thing that I'm sure people are shocked it took this long for us to really talk about. No, I don't want to talk about them. I don't either, but I can't wait to see them without Kyrie. And I'm not saying it's because they're this really good team that was a game, a few possessions away from playing in the NBA Finals. That whole thing is overrated. Like that's to, like where you actually officially ended Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals to say that that's kind of who you are. That's like when the Jets made the AFC title game two years in a row and you're like, are they really this kind of team? And then they weren't, but they were in that game. It's like it's, 2012 Celtics when they made almost made the finals. That, yeah, right. And, you're and going, it was like, if Derrick Rose doesn't get hurt that year, they're not in the mix. Perfect analogy. Yeah, so thank you. When... When I think about that Celtics team, you go, oh, I want to see them without them because of what they, that's not why I'm saying it. I just want to see those guys without Kyrie. And but you, maybe, but like a team like Utah could say, we have a chance to get D'Angelo Russell. We got to get rid of Favors' contract. It's an expiring. He's expiring. So we'll he's pay. Out. No, no, he's he's done, done. 
Like he's no, awful. he's got a year left. It said on the on the spot track. Oh, that's on spot track. Yeah. Okay, my bad. So, but they want to get rid of that. They pay a first rounder to somebody to get rid of the contract, and then make a run at somebody like Russell. Their oh, team. It's, it's no, it's non guaranteed. Oh, so they could make the run at Russell. I was right. We're down a rabbit hole. Either way, if they if they talk themselves into trying to get somebody like that, with the case being if we get one more score, we can make the finals. It's not insane. And the Clippers are like, if we get Kawhi Leonard and I we bring have, back Beverly, yeah. we can make the finals. I don't think any of this stuff, this, this, this is why it should be awesome. This is why somebody shouldn't do something stupid. Maybe this is why somebody should do something stupid. And like I said before, like this Lakers thing, I'm for it. I don't like the price. I don't know how Palenka allowed it to get to this point. Um, <laughs> right. I'm sure there's a moment where Griff is somewhere in New Orleans, maybe celebrating by himself, laughing. But even with Anthony Davis there now, like before I'm ready to just cart, you know, start calling you the the, the favorite. Like let's let's, let's see, see what, what else happens. else is happening. You know? I agree. And like a team like the Nuggets, let's say they signed Tobias Harris on July 1st, just added him to their team. Which normally I wouldn't like whatever that's going to cost, but for Denver, who they better do it now because they got to re-up Murray. Like that's the thing I don't like about this league. Like, hey, let's go sign somebody for something we don't necessarily want to do because the scheduling of our rookie contracts and how they kick in, we have to do it this way. Like it just they make it too complicated for people. They just if do. I'm Denver, I want a reliable scorer who plays forward. Who's I have younger, Jamal. Too. I have yeah. Jamal Murray, who is a. Most of the time reliable, but not a hundred percent. And I need a third guy that I can count on who can get points. That's what I want. And think and of maybe play D too. If you traded him, did you trade him because you knew because Tobias seems to be one of those guys where you're like, Oh wow, you know what? He's all right. But I know I can do better. Yeah. I can do better. Well, I think the, the Clippers showed that if you actually run plays for him and put him in pick and rolls and stuff, he could actually be a real guy. Or do they get rid of him knowing, well, we're getting Kawhi anyway. Hmm. Uh, let's take a break because I want to. We have a couple other KD related things to talk about. Let's take a break. Talk about Luminary. If you're a movie and podcast fan, like all of the people involved in this podcast right now, I hope you're checking out the Rewatchables 1999, where we break down some of our favorite movies from 1999. And we've done a whole bunch of good ones, including, uh, man, we did Office Space this month. We've done Cruel Intentions. We did The Sixth Sense. And this week, The Matrix. Yeah, The Matrix. The Matrix. That's coming this week on The Rewatchables 1999. Luminary gives you access to a bunch of original shows like this one from innovative dynamic creators you can't find anywhere else. The app is free to download. Use it to listen to thousands of podcasts, including the ones you already love, like this one. All enhanced by an easy-to-use interface with personalized content recommendations. Whether you're into movies, sports, comedy, or more, Luminary has the right show for you. Get your first two months of access to Luminary's premium content for free. Sign up at luminary.link slash Simmons. After that, $7.99 per month. Luminary.link slash Simmons for two months of free access. Cancel anytime. Terms apply. And we have another good thing coming next month with them, too, that we have not announced yet so there you go speaking of the rewatchables the notebook is going to be the next one i'm not involved in that one kyle but the notebook uh is going to be on the uh the rewatch the original rewatchables feed so that's happening too anyway back to the pot so katie the knicks 
my argument is that the Knicks should absolutely sign KD anyway. Agreed. Um, throw away next year. You take RJ Barrett. You have one more year where you're in somewhere in the top seven with a draft pick. And then a summer from now, you have a healthy KD. You have RJ Barrett. You have whoever you're getting in 2020. You have Kevin Knox and space for two for two max guys. And you're the New York Knicks. And you're getting Durant back, who's a top 15 all-time guy. Well, the, a who second you've never guy, had the second guy is the max slot to go with Durant, you mean, right? I think they would. I think they'd, they'd have, have like 70 million year? bucks left. If you sign KD for 30, and then you have, well, I guess the lottery picks that would get you up to 50, but you would still have like $60 million in cap space. Okay, I, I agree. I would just go ahead and do it. Um, now, if you're KD, what do you do? If you like, let's say the Knicks are the only team that's that says we'll give you four for the max. We still want to build around you. We'll give you the best doctors, and we just want to make a bet that you're our guy. I asked Woj about this on Friday, and um, the way I framed the question was: Does the injury help Golden State's chances of retaining Durant? And he said yes, and I agree with him. You now, do agree with him. I don't know. I don't like doing the percentage stuff. I hate when I go on shows. You're like, give me a percentage. Or even better, when somebody's hurt, be like, what percentage do you think so-and-so will be at? Be like, I don't fucking know. I'm not, I'm not his roommate. <laughs> Have you heard that? Did you hear this stuff going around last week, though, that it was Kyrie and KD as the package deal in Brooklyn? Expand and that's why, that. well, there was there was stuff floating around last week. Okay. That after KD got hurt, Kyrie was going there and then KD was going to be the other one. It was Brooklyn, not the Knicks all along. It was like, it was like, it was Barzini all along and Godfather. <laughs> it was the Nets all along. It wasn't, oh no, he said to Tagli is a pimp. You never could have fought out, fought, out fought Santino. It was Barzini all along. Basically the Knicks were Tatalia. And it was KD and Kyrie going to Brooklyn. But then when KD got hurt, Brooklyn's like, well, we're not doing that now. That was going around last week. Are we idiots for... By the way, if, donut aggregators. I'm just saying it was going around. Okay, I don't know so if then, it's true. I'm not reporting so that. The the change from that point, because I can add to that a little, is that that's when maybe Boston thought they had a Hail Mary approach with Kyrie. 100%. Right? So then that's why Boston was in on AD. Because it was, we're not just signing AD. We're not giving up assets for, for AD. We're giving up assets to have Kyrie and AD. You know, and now everybody's going to be happy. And like that was always another problem with what Boston did or didn't really offer is that they couldn't strip it down for an Anthony Davis, not just because he was a rental, because then they would have had in this this upcoming year have to prove to him how great of a team it was and they were successful and they could compete. And if they'd gotten rid of all the pieces around him, then it's like, hey, cool, you're in Boston by yourself. Halftime pizza depends on the time of day. Force. You go. Right. So uh, we should just say that Kyrie ruined their plans. Now, Kyrie ruined their plans on like multiple levels. Kyrie, right? Kyrie demolished something that they spent four to five years building. You can, however much blame you want to, you want to actually give him as a player, as a as a person, as like the best player in a team, as a teammate, all that stuff. I'm not, I'm not even talking about that. I'm just saying this was a Jenga. Stack. Yeah, you can remove all of yeah, those things. I'm removing all the baggage. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just talking about assets only. This was a Jenga stack that they built for five years <laughs> leading toward Anthony Davis. Yeah. And the Kyrie piece of the Jenga stack fell out and the building crumbled and, and the Jenga game was over. That's okay. how this played out. You're totally right. Okay. So if we 
add up all of our little pieces here so that it was Durant and Kyrie and they were going to Brooklyn. Durant so do you agree hurt. that that does There's, that seem feasible to you? Oh, it seems totally feasible. Yeah. Okay. Um, Me too. Because I, I felt like Boston got re-energized a little bit about the Anthony Davis thing. Yes. And I think it was because is there more uncertainty about what Kyrie's going to do? And then banking on the Lakers Pelicans thing is so ugly. We might actually be able to swoop in here. Yeah. Right. Now, now that the AD thing's over, okay, and I don't want to talk about Boston anymore either. Meaning. Um, Let's put Kyrie. In no, no, Brooklyn. we we no go back, swing it back to KD. Because what are no, his that's options? What I'm, this is what I'm doing. We're just putting we're his putting options Kyrie are in Brooklyn. Clippers, Knicks, Nets, Warriors. The Warriors, if they say to him, "Here's the five full year," we feel bad. Rehab here. Here's the and, five and full year. We feel bad. We told you. Yeah. We Whatever told you you're going to be on a minutes like, limit and right. then played you 12 out of 14 and a half minutes and your Achilles blew up. Sorry. No, I have no idea what to expect next year. Because then if you're signing these guys, imagine Steph, like look how thin it got in the finals. And then you're going to have 60 plus million sitting on the bench. Um, well, no, it would be the Clay extension. So I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit there. Uh, and we both think Clay's going back to the Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only thing was was some posturing about the five year thing because it's kind of like the Kemba deal. Like Kemba already said, "Hey, I'll take a little bit less." Like when you go to Kemba and you go, "Hey, that's really good. That's awesome that you made All NBA." Is there any way you can not do five years and two hundred twenty one million? <laughs> because you know what's more than one forty four years for one forty Kemba? It's the five years one ninety we can give you. So is your ego such that if we don't give you the five two twenty one? you would turn down the extra year, but the 50 million when you're 30 years old. Right. So if Durant at this point, and this gets back to something that you were really good on last week is the one-to-one phenomenon. Like do everyone- Oh, the one-to-one. The one-to-one. Yeah, I shouldn't have said it that way. The one-to-one contracts. Is there a version of this where Durant goes, you know what? I'll take that five years. I'll take all the extra money and I'll wait this thing out because I got to wait it out anyway. So why would I sign with a new team just to sign with a new team, knowing I'm going to wait the whole year. Anyway, why don't I just come here? We'll see where we're at in 2020. See where the Knicks are at in 20. You know what I mean? Like, granted. Well, one one crucial thing has been removed for him, which is, and I think was one of the things driving him wanting to leave was like, he couldn't win with Golden State. It was like they could have won five titles in a row and been like, you sold out. You went, to the, you went to this team that was stacked, blah, blah, blah. So it was like, well, well, now I'm going to go here and I'm going to win a title noise. here. The noise mattered. Yeah, the, right. the noise mattered to him. I, I, It did. Now he can stay and it's like, you're a true warrior. You sacrificed your body. We saw what happened when the team didn't have you. They weren't a championship team. It's like Scott Brocious in 98, a real, <laughs> a real Yankee. It's not a sellout move for you to stay. Yeah. Um. Now it's actually like a feel-good story because you and Clay coming back from injury. Curry's now in his early 30s. There's no no shit anymore, and everybody loves KD again. So he actually could go back. My question is, I the Jay Williams thing I thought was, I said this the other night, was a real red flag that he went that hard at them for how they handled this. That's the exact same thing I said on my podcast. Yeah, on he's, I said it solo because he's in the group, and that means that that's how they feel if Jay yeah, said and, that. And, and, right? Yeah. Because Jay went at him. Jay's like, I, it was mixed I actually diagnosed. heard that part of your podcast because Woj came back a little bit and was like, no, you know, that Jay's, Jay's his own guy. And he says, look, Jay Williams is part of that camp. Well, he can still be his own guy, but he's also, if he were that forceful in basically saying it was misdiagnosed, there's a lack of trust, blah, 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 blah. And he's doing the boardroom with Kleiman and Durant as part of an ESPN thing, that he's not, that's not coming out of nowhere. 
So I'm I'm with as soon as I heard it him kind of go off. It would be the equivalent of it would be like when all the shit was going down with me with ESPN in 2014. If Jalen came out and just very forcefully like attacked ESPN for nine different things that was clearly like things I had told him, and people were like, "Whoa, that's what that's what the Jay Williams thing felt like to me." So are he's you too, saying you're closer too, with Jalen than me? Huh? Well, at that point, I probably was. Now, now I don't know. It's a toss up. He Katie, says hello, by the way. Jay, Jay Williams is too close to KD for to just come out and attack the Warriors like that. Not attack, but he was right. He was right. I mean, he really felt strongly about what he was saying. Didn't seem like it was coming out of nowhere. Yeah, and that's why you know we're just sitting here chopping it up. But all the stuff like he's a real warrior. He's all like all of that could be completely irrelevant as well, too. So if how if, if we were ten percent chance of Warriors keeping him or five percent. Did it go from 5 to 10, 10 to 15? Okay, fine. Is it 50? I don't think it's 50-50, but there's a version of this where I could see where that would happen. But I think the Jay Williams stuff was really revealing. It did not seem coincidental. How weird would it be if he signed with the Knicks and can't walk until like, you know, September, October, and he's just coming to the games like wearing, wearing you know, casual fan clothes? And Some off-white. <laughs> giving RJ Barrett advice. A Gucci. It's like, here's our new free agent. He can't walk. <laughs> <laughs> we did it, guys. But think how hard it is to get guys in free agency. Yeah, Look at that's all why the guys they should do with. it. So that's why you do it. That's why you should do it. I'd still do it if I were Brooklyn. You know, I don't. I just think like a year from now, I have one of the best seven guys in the league. Yeah. I had to pay a tax. And it's not like he has a skill set where you go, oh, no, he's not going to be able to dribble past everybody anymore. He's going to shoot the rest of his life. Yeah. He's going to, you know, the Achilles thing, it sucks. But follow up on this I'm point. Not, I'm not as worried about it. I would I would give him the max because I'd go, you know what I can spend? I could also give $140 million to Kemba. I'd give $140 million to <laughs> Tobias Harris. Or I can, you know, pay Durant more. I don't care. <laughs> right? Like when you really start thinking about like somebody's going to give D'Angelo 27 million. Okay. I'll give Durant 30 to watch games for a year. <laughs> what if Horford opts out and the Celtics sign Durant to the max? Can I ask you a Durant Celtics question? I thought we were done talking about him. Sure. If three years ago, everybody in fucking Beantown wanted a parade for coming in second during the Hamptons meetings. Yeah. Why is it that when Durant and everybody thought he was gone, why was it that Durant there was no chance he was ever like Boston was never ever in the mix. Now, granted, cap, the cap, space, space. cap space is part of it, but like why why wouldn't they figure out some other way to do it? Why is it never brought up if it was so close to happening three years ago? Because they didn't have the cap space. But ironically, if Kyrie leaves and Horford Hor opts out, they will have the cap space. Uh, do you think? And Kyrie also, my dad will have some tickets available for people who want to go. <laughs> he'll be going to about five games. Do uh, let me let me know if you want. I want to get in on that. Uh, yeah. Okay. By a partial package, but you know, I'm not going to do. I'm not going to ask. Do you think Kyrie dumped on Boston and Durant? Because we know he did. So, so. <laughs> uh, tied to this KD question, and a couple of listeners. I didn't want to list all the listeners who mailed this, but it was more than three. If KD didn't play in Game Five, and the Raptors just won the Finals in Game Five, KD doesn't blow out his Achilles. Clay Thompson never blows out his his ACL. Is that now one of the great what ifs of the decade? If KD says, I'm not going to be ready for game five, but if we can get to a game six on Thursday, that's three more days, I might be able to play. But they lose in game five. 
So what are you asking me here? You're asking me. I'm saying I'm saying two play. injuries happened by him playing in game five. The KD injury yeah. and then the Clay Thompson injury. And that completely changed the course of history for the Warriors. Maybe this is a limitation I have and my brain doesn't work that way. Yeah. Like, I don't go. You, you, what, you don't, don't have the what if gene? I don't. No, I'm not saying that. Like what if Aunt May had died? Uh, that was a real. That was a what if series from Marvel. You remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Were you ever a comic book guy? No. All right. Kyle got it though. I can't believe Kyle got it. That was Kyle, like from Kyle the fucking nailed it. I inferred. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, he doesn't know I what I'm talking it, about. How's that mango? But KD um, doesn't play game five. I just can't blame Clay's injury on KD, even though I get how you got to that whole point. I'm not blaming it on KD. I'm blaming I know, it on I know, but if I'm he just, came back, right, right. Clay never gets hurt. Space time continuum. I yeah. got it. Yeah. It's a yeah. little sliding doors alternate universe. Yeah. You don't you don't dabble in the what if sliding doors. <laughs> no, I like it. When you used to do that what if stuff for Grantland, when you guys did the I think Chris this Paul is a great one, what if. But what it, what would happen? Like Durant would leave, Clay would resign, and they would have both guards, and they'd still be pretty good. And the and whole now- Durant narrative is totally different. You quit on the team. You never oh, came back. Yeah. There's all that shit starting too. There's just like all these fucking doors that open up. No, I'm down. I'm down with all that. I feel like I'm letting you down right now. Have though. you have <laughs> you heard? Have you heard the rumor? It's been discussed. I'm not. I'm not uh, introducing it here in the podcast because it's been floating around. That Katie had a partial Achilles tear, not a calf muscle injury. No. You have. I don't think it's true. I do wonder why the ice pack was always so low in the foot. I have yeah. studied that, and I've it's ne- it's never been adequately explained to me. Even when he was greeting people in game three after the game, and that was a big thing in the internet day, I was like, why is the ice pack so low? And it's like, yeah, why is the ice pack so low? It's never been explained. Okay. I did. Will go it back. ever come out if there was an Achilles injury? I I saw, you know, looking at it again when he went down against Houston, you're like, why is he pinching the bottom of his Achilles then? Like, why is he pinching that? Why is the ice pack always down there? The other theory that I I'm not saying that it was partial, but the theory being that if it were, that somebody could have said, Hey, it's gonna blow anyway at some point. So that was the other piece of the hair. Like, so if it's if it's torn now partially. It's going to tear completely. We have to tear we, it so, when we do the surgery. So why don't you just go ahead and play? But then would they all do this whole thing where they're like, okay, we're going to lie to everybody. And they're all, so if you look, if that rumor is true, that will get out at some point. The case against this is too many people would have had to know. It would have come out already. Yeah. I don't think it's true. I think he had a very bad calf tear. I think he tried to play. I think they didn't factor in the whole Achilles part of it. And... It's kind of ugly. I'm sure there's some doctor that would agree that if there actually is just the calf tear and rehabbing it and baby and all the different things that you're doing on that leg and around that area, that then the Achilles becomes more susceptible to the whole thing. You know what we could stop doing, though? Yeah. Is everybody saying that I'm not a doctor? Because I've never <laughs> once thought that Mike Greenberg was a doctor because they would have covered that in Mike and Mike at some point. Like This is from my friend David. Nyman. Hey, go like, guess who got a C in biology? <laughs> This is from my friend David Nyman. He he has a medical theory. Also not a doctor, my friend David Nyman. He wants to know why KD threw an ice pack on the back of his injured leg after he had played in game five before he came back. Because he was like, he this is what he wrote. He warmed up for half an hour pregame, did the whole dance thing in the tunnel, started playing, played 10 minutes or eight minutes, whatever, got taken out, sat for two game minutes, which was five to seven real-time minutes with ice on his leg and then went back out there. He's like, what doctor would 
think that was a good idea. Why are you freezing your leg and then going back out there? Isn't the whole point to have warm muscles? I don't understand this. I'm not a doctor. Yeah, I'm not going to not doctor, not a doctor, you know? <laughs> Let's out not a doctor <laughs> right. each other. Let's have two fucking guys that definitely don't know what they're talking about <laughs> debated for if 10 somebody minutes. Can, I want to bring up because if somebody can explain the wisdom of icing the injury that just got warmed up and lathered up and then getting thrown back out there, whether that was a good medical idea. I don't know. Um, if you're the Warriors, what do you do? All right, I'm Joe Lacob. I call, I call you, and I ask you. Hey, Joe. I ask you. Good um, to see you again. Do we get Max's? <laughs> do we get Max's to Katie and Quay? I say yes. Okay. Uh, just, I, I would say go ahead and do it. What are the counters? Why, why, sh why shouldn't you, Joe? We throw away next year. Everybody's paid for it already. All the season ticket money is in. Some Maybe we get a six seed, seven seed, a heroic Curry season. Curry puts up 32-33 a game. Maybe Clay comes back by March, April. Have a fun fun round one. And then uh, everybody's back a year from now and the champs are back. You guys have this season. We're giving it to you. We're going to be back 2020-21. Okay, but what are the alternatives? Because you still have a chance to hang on to something that'd be incredibly special. And I think we've learned whenever anybody tries to pivot, like what San Antonio did is not anything that anybody can just make a blueprint for. True. Like the San Antonio thing is absurd. They they figured it out on the fly like three or four different Well, it almost times. ended when they traded Parker in 11, remember? Well, that was going to be the... That um, was when the they Valanciunas. were... That was a reboot. And then yeah. they ended up going the other way and the Kawhi trade happens and they get this kind of second rebirth. I personally don't think... Um, I don't think you could win with just these three guys anymore. Because Iguodala is going to be gone too, remember? Like he's going to hit a different point in his career. You're also not going to have the money to be able to do an Iguodala type deal again. And you have guys that are going to, you have KD and Curry are going to be in their 30s. So, okay, but and the league is also better. There's just more talent now. It's going to just going to be harder. Okay, but let, let me ask you this because this actually plays in perfectly with the Lakers thing. Yeah. If every GM basically says, let me get as many of the best players as I can get, and that I'll works. worry about the rest of the shit later. That works. If they, if all thirty of them seem to do this, are they all fucking idiots, or are we idiots for worrying about guy six or seven when it's impossible to get a top five or a top ten guy, let alone two to maybe three of them? I guess I just wonder the KD post Achilles. I'm not worried about it. Clay I'm post going on ACL, right now. Curry age 32. Clay ACL, dudes blow out their ACLs all the time. Not even remotely worried. I, I just don't think they're, they're safe a bet as they were this season. Are there both shooters? Two years from now? I'm not worried about it. Okay. I'm just, Yeah, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm not. That's fine. They, I, would, I, would, I would do whatever I could to bring everybody back. So you agree with me? You don't think Joe Lakeup would want to do it? The question is, Draymond's a free agent a year from now. And if you're going to do it, you got to really do it. And that becomes the most expensive basketball team we've ever had. And two of the guys will be coming off major injuries. And Durant's injury is a really, not a death sentence, but it's certainly something that nobody's come 100% back from. It's really easy to just sit here and pay everybody. But when you start adding up all the numbers and you get north of $300 million with the luxury tax to bring back all four of those guys, that's such uncharted territory. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, what is what is the cutoff point when you spend 
you know, to be spoiled in a way like like a, in the beginning, it was rough, right? But this whole thing can make you spoiled and making you spoiled can sometimes make you look at things that shouldn't get in the way. Whereas if like, imagine if you owned a team and you were like actually a good guy owner, you were sincere about wanting to put a winner out yeah. there, but you just had bad luck all the time in the lottery and you've tried different coaches and you've tried different GMs. And you said to that person like, hey, look, and all these guys are billionaires. All these guys have killed it. Anybody that owns an NBA team right now, the valuation from where they bought into where they're at now is absurd. And it's only going to get better because we've learned more and more, despite people thinking this live rights thing is finally going to end. It's only going to get stronger. And the NFL is going to prove this in a couple of years. Yes. Because people go through it all. Like if I had a stock portfolio and everybody's stocks were down, except there was this one stock that used to like return 13% every year, but now it's only returning 7% every year, but everything else is down, then that stock is still a really good stock. That's still the stock you want. And that's what sports are on TV. So but sports is like, it's returning 40%. It's, it's yeah. like just, it's just when people go, go okay, this NBA deal is absurd. No, it's not. No, it's not going to be. It was the a second fucking half, steal. The second half of this NBA deal is going to be incredible for ESPN and TNT. And whatever this football deal, it's going to be absurd and people are going to freak and lament. And you go look at the top watch things all the time. The reason I'm saying all this stuff is that if you are one of these owners that knows how much money you're making just on an appreciation alone from the franchise, on top of all the other great things that you get with real estate and hiding concessions, like all the stuff these guys can pull that sometimes like I don't even know if we really know what it's all about. If you got asked to go, hey, you're going to have to spend like double because of the luxury tax to keep this group together, but this is a group that gives you a chance to win, just because you've won doesn't mean you should be signing off on an opportunity to keep it around. That's how I would look at it if I were Lake Up. You left out one part. He's in rich, the rich guy capital of the world. And if he if he's considered to have cheaped out. Oh, yeah. He's Great hanging point. out with all these other billionaires and he's leaving the room. They're like, fucking... I own the Warriors. I would have fucking brought those guys back. Like cheapskate Joe over here. I you got to do it just from a testosterone. I'm as rich as all of you guys standpoint. Totally, you can't be the cheap guy who owns the Warriors. No, it's that's actually that might be the best point of the whole thing. Thank you, because I have never heard from anyone. And I think I've been pretty good on the Warrior stuff the last few years, but I've never heard once from anyone that they have said, "Oh, you know what? Like these guys might start going cheap on this thing." I don't. I, have you heard that? Have you heard that they that you are can't. scared off? There's yeah. too many rich guys who would buy that team in a second, and he cares too much about his standing with in that. It's whole such sphere. a great point because imagine, like, just take it down a level. Like, if you were the rich guy out of your group of friends, which you probably are, but um, <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, you're not picking up the tab at steak dinners, or like, just stuff starts changing. Even if things went south for you, like most guys would be like, I'm going to keep paying for the steak dinners because I don't want anybody asking any questions. No, I to me, this is more like big little lies where it's just like all the families just being rich and competitive and all these Lake Up's big trump card over all these dudes. He's CEOs from every major tech company we have, people who run the biggest hedge funds we have. And they want to come to his party, man. They're coming and he's deciding. They're like, hey, Joe. It's whatever the fuck the CEO of Oracle's name is. Hey, I want to get two more people into coming to the chairman's club tonight. Can you get me tickets? Sure, I'd love to. He's in control of all of those interactions. Was Ratner the guy that had the nets or was that just the whole development thing? I, the, I, the nets thing always confused me. Okay, it was so like Ratner and- I don't know if you wrote it. You might have written this, but it was this incredible piece about ownership. Shit, it might've been Michael Lewis. No offense. 
but that's good if I confuse you too. Thank you. But it was this whole thing about ownership where, you know, whenever it's the CBA stuff comes up, and there's part of me that's like, look, if these guys take on the debt service and these guys put together the investors and these guys want to pay this kind of price tag on this kind of thing, like there has to be some return to the value of, hey, I'm one of the few people in the world can step up and do this and put this group together. Yeah. But when you start talking about all the hidden, I don't know if it's hidden assets, hidden value and what it is, but the first guy that did I wrote that, about that, that whole Nets thing where he's like, it's like a piece of art that you don't really know what the price is supposed to be, but it's just going to be higher because you get to show it to other people. I wrote about that with the, that's when the was. Clippers. That was no, it was when the Clippers were for sale. That's when I wrote that piece about this. All these rich dudes who all know each other and all go to the same conferences and same resorts and all that stuff. And Sun Valley, we should go to that one. Well, you they, and I. they can all buy giant boats. They can buy giant houses. They can buy whatever. But the hardest thing to get is like a really cool sports team. And all of them have figured this out. And this is why they don't become available anymore. Yankees, Knicks, Lakers. The moment the Lakers ever come for sale, that's going to be like a rich guy fist fight. All of them are all the Lakers. And that's why when Forbes- like, Hey, hear about and, Bob. And, he owns the Lakers. And does these projections. I don't, know, I don't know. How do you do a projection in New York, in LA? You know, if the Chicago Bulls ever came up, like Chicago's got so much money. This is my case. I was on TV that year with the Clippers saying it's going to go to two billion. It's going to happen. I'll never forget. One of the, these dudes are going to fucking. They, it's an LA basketball team. They're going to go for way more than you think. I wish I had the clip. I should try to find it. But I remember I was I was in a hotel. It was like national championship game, and I was watching Fox News. And I don't. I mean, it was just on, and so I'm not like you know. I'm afraid to even admit that with the climate today. <laughs> Incredible. But look, some shows on that channel suck, and don't some, cut that, Kyle. Some, some other shows also suck. Um, and there was this anchor on, and the Nets had just sold for whatever yeah. much Prokhorov ended up buying it from the other guy, and it was an actual anchor on like the Fox News business show. Like you'd think if you were anchoring that show, you'd know something. I don't know about, about fucking value? business. Yeah. And he just did this whole like, oh, my God, for an NBA team, oh, how some people spend their money. And I'm like, what a dipshit this guy is. Like, you don't you don't, you can't even be bothered to understand this. And yet you're going to make fun of the purchase on a TV show that specializes in business in the United States. And you're on it. The only time it's never worked out for people that bought a sports team is if it's a sport. Atlanta that, Hawks. No, it's a sport that doesn't. <laughs> that doesn't make sense in the city and has never shown that it could succeed. Like if you're buying the Phoenix coyotes, odds are that might not work out. It's hockey in Arizona and it's never really been successful. And by the way, when I say Atlanta Hawks, I mean because of the owners trying to kill each other while that happened, yeah. not the value of the team. Literally that was, trying. that was so nasty. I have a couple quick things. Then we get to go. Dexter in Houston wants to know if the Durant Clay Thompson injuries have anything to do with the Warriors swerving their Oakland fan base to relocate the, to the more lucrative San Francisco arena. How much does karma play into it? I ask you this only because I know how much you hate the concept of karma. This guy is saying they dissed Oakland. Karma came around. So they let him win. So karma let him win two titles, but not a third in a row. Yeah. My, my response to this karma thing is like Toronto traded DeMar DeRozan and won the title. Like I feel like karmically that should have backfired on them. How right? great of a job have people down in Toronto, like trying to credit DeMar DeRozan? For laying, what foundation did you lay? Yeah, disappointment. He he laid some he laid some eggs in big games. Like no, this is possible without Demar Derozan. What is the trade asset? Okay, seriously, 
They were never ever winning the title with him. Yeah, I think it's nice that his friends. It was a great have trade. Back. Good trade for the Spurs too. They got a good basketball player for somebody who didn't want to play for them but anymore. Not for unprotected picks. <laughs> uh, Brian Goins wants to know how far did Will Hunting's PG. car actually make it? Oh, great question! From Boston to Stanford, you remember Cole Hauser's character said it was a good engine. It's a good engine. Yeah. Are that car kidding? looked a little flimsy. It's got to go 3,000 miles. Will's never really driven that long. He doesn't think it gets past Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so I guess Will would have to like take the train from that point or maybe a Greyhound. So I went through a big Elliot Smith phase after that. <laughs> and uh, it the was- The late great. It was not, I, I mean, I hate the end of the Elliot Smith thing because if yeah. you listen to the lyrics and read them, I mean, on a serious note, it's you really, were like, yeah, it's, 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 it's really spooky. But I, too, was not in a great, it wasn't a 2002 year, but it was, I remember 97, all my roommates are graduating and I had like a girl staying with me graduation week. Yeah. And so I was just like in bed and I heard all my roommates downstairs <laughs> clinking glasses and pounding drinks to head off. And like they didn't even knock on my door to be like, hey, because I don't know how they felt because I wasn't graduating on time. And then I had to go run. I had like this pickup truck with a six inch lift kit and a gator net in the back. And there was a huge dent because I lit, rolled down a hill and hit a boat. And um, <laughs> what it, was is a Toyota, it was a Toyota 88. It was sweet, though, man. Standard. Yeah. And I was listening to Elliot Smith driving through UVM's campus while everyone was graduating. It was my class. I was supposed to be graduating. So I was super bummed out. Whereas Will... Will Hunting, he was excited. So he was in a better mood. So the Elliot Smith wasn't going to get him his down. I, but how do we know he was listening to Elliot Smith? Elliot Smith was just the movie soundtrack song. I, I, I really doubt Will Hunting was cranking Elliot Smith. What I think, think he, he was, was listening probably, to. I think he was listening to Boston. <laughs> Maybe yes. Like <laughs> something a little, a little I think he was old school. Yeah, 70s classic rock. Well, if he was that culture. Bad Company, I think. Steve Miller Band maybe have been playing a well, little Steve bit. Steve Miller Band, for our age, it was a rule. Like somebody yeah. just gave you the 74, 78. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. You guys are drinking beer in a dorm and you're not listening to Steve Miller 74, 78? Are I, you guys even from New England? <laughs> uh, I mean, if he was like really true, like a little Jay Giles would have been in there. Maybe he's just like all the Massachusetts bands. Here's the problem. It, it, it doesn't matter how long because Will was going to steal one and get there. You yeah. don't think Will Hunting knew how to hotwire a car? Of course he did. I'd, I'm not positive the car gets through D.C. Especially depends on what time of year he left too. How about this? What if? If that formula was never on the chalkboard and Will Hunting never solves it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's great. Uh, Kelly Cap from Baltimore wants to know. You know, it'd be great though is just be a janitor and start showing up at UCLA and just <laughs> try to solve shit. See what happens to your life. We're at Jim Corner. <laughs> Kelly Cap from Baltimore sends an email that starts Hi, Massholes. Um, two questions. Yeah. Has Rosillo ever caught someone recording him at the gym? Yes. 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 Okay. We hopefully you were working out and not like uh, showering after. No, nothing like that. Okay, nothing like that. I don't get it. I mean, you know this. It's this whole like when I see real famous people like that's like this thing. I think is like the best worst case. Like people know who we are, but we don't get any of the cool shit. <laughs> you know, 
Like, yeah, maybe we'll get We're, in somewhere, but you're, it's differently recognizable and famous. Yeah, right. Yeah. It, it's just it's just recognizable. So Kelly has one more question. Most of the cool shit doesn't doesn't seem to come with this level of notoriety. What are your thoughts on gym fail videos? More specifically, CrossFit fail videos. Okay, I'm not going to say anything about CrossFit anymore um, because here's the deal, Bill. If you're in the gym, you're in the gym. Okay. And who, who are any of us to criticize anyone Great for point. being in there? All right. No, I mean that seriously. I hate watching gym fail videos so badly. Like a guy has too many plates on the bench and then it falls on his throat. I, I can't watch it because I always think like one day. Could be. A, like a tricep. I think I might have a, a torn something in my right elbow right now. And everything scares the hell out of me. Like, so I don't, I hate watching. And I think a lot of these gym, gym fuckery is one of the websites. Yeah. <laughs> 75% of this stuff isn't real anyway. The guys are just doing the dumbest stuff ever to post it just to see what would happen. And sometimes it's funny and that's cool, but I don't like watching gym. I close out as soon as I think it's a bad gym injury or somebody has a bar drop on their head or a squat that goes wrong. I can't watch any of it. I hate it. Do you want to hear my story about how seeing Goodwill Hunting convinced me to end a relationship? Why did I just do Gym Corner when you were had this one teed up? Please. So take us through. Give us a little backstory. So I'm dating this girl. Really cool girl. Which year? 97, when oh, the movie came out. Okay. But she lived in New York. I was living in Boston. She moved to Chicago. Bean town. I okay. have no money at this point. It's like the first year of the website that I had. And really liked her. But now it's like heading into winter in Chicago. <sighs> Every time flying. I'll test any man. I'm on those stupid... Uh, those stupid the ticket websites yeah <laughs> they were so bad back then they were they, cheapo air or was, was like, it was it no cheapo air is a real one flycheap.com or it, it was like i don't even you couldn't even buy the tickets on the websites but you could kind of see if there were deals and stuff and then you could call i don't even remember how we did it back then but it was, know, I I was actually, always hunting I, I paid cash i had a reservation for a ticket once i went to the airport and brought cash and bought my ticket that way once i had there was one time because this was pre 9-11 you could buy a ticket like an hour before the flight and just yeah. go and like bring your stuff on the flight and you know like last second like oh you're gonna get out of, oh i could leave on friday and then all of a sudden you're at the airport yeah like, it doesn't work that way anymore obviously um so we're going it's and the last time i'd been there it was like minus 2000 in chicago i mean it was like one of those chicago <laughs> where it's just like it's so cold you almost can't believe it I was there one time, uh, New Year's, a couple years ago, and I had to walk from like one hotel to the Equinox. It was two blocks. It was so bad, I was laughing. Yeah. It, but it, I was laughing because I knew I wouldn't have to deal with it very long, but it was just it's tears just like, freezing out of the side of your eyeballs. It's just incredibly cold. And so I have this site and I'm, and I'm thinking like, do I want to move to Chicago and I could do like, do the site? It's, it was Jordan's Chicago. last year. And I was like, well, he might not be here. Like, could I mix like Chicago and Boston? Like my site's called the Boston Sports Guy. So and you I, liked her that much that you were even thinking about this stuff? I'm at least like considering it. Um, How long have you been together? A few months. Wow. This is it quick. We, you seem more reserved. No, I listen. I, I was never really close, but it was like, all right, how long am I going to fly back and forth to see this person who li doesn't live near me? And it was obviously like we were going to break up. But I hadn't come to grips with like, all right, this is how it should go. Saw Goodwill Hunting. To see about a girl 
all that thing. Will gets in the car, he fucking goes. And I leave the movie. I saw it by myself on like a Sunday night or something. Did you have any idea how good it was? So you, in Cambridge you... at Kendall at the Kendall Square Cambridge Theater. Were you friends with Affleck then or no? Did not know those guys. Did did remember the improper Bostonian when uh when they were on the cover and it was like, look at these two local kids. I talked about it with Damon when I did the podcast with him. So see the movie. That Damon podcast was so good. The Affleck stories. I'm driving home and I'm like, I don't think I would do that. <laughs> I really did. I was like, I was like, this girl's awesome. I just to see about a girl, I just I just wouldn't do it for the for at this point in my life, I like I feel like something good is happening with this column I'm doing. I love living in Boston. At that point, the Patino Celtics, like there was some hope there. I, I don't remember. We might have gotten Pedro already at that point. Is that possible? Yeah. yeah 98 yeah, was yeah. his first year. Things uh, were things were getting better. Yeah, 98 was his first year. Things were getting better with the Boston sports scene. I had some friends and I'm my dad was a Reggie bot. Jefferson had a nice I'd never been run. out of the East Coast. And I'm just like, I just wouldn't go see about a girl here. And we broke up. Did you tell like her within, it was because of Goodwill Hunting? Did not. Did it ever get back to her? My whole thing is I don't feel bad because she moved to Chicago. Yeah, why should you feel bad? I mean, people yeah. break up. She moved to Chicago and it's like, all right. Well, at that point, it's it's not looking great anyway. But and if that's the see bad a girl thing. So that was it. That it was that night after I saw the movie. I uh I don't know that I've now if you put it in terms of I need to see about a girl. And by the way, no guy from Boston would miss a World Series game in 1975 for a girl. It's the biggest flaw in the movie, right. unfortunately. There's, there's absolutely no reason that would ever happen, and Robin Williams tries to explain it, and Matt Damon's like, you're nuts. Matt Damon is right in that scene. I don't know that I've ever... Even when I proposed to the girl in 02, I didn't even like her that much. So <laughs> I'm not quite sure... Like after that, it didn't go well, and the principal told me to leave the premises. I threw on the double Wu-Tang CD. Oh, Elliot decided to join us. No, keep going. I punched a guy <laughs> that night. Um, I guess I, I guess I liked her enough to throw on, to bring a ring. But I think I wanted to win. I think I was like, I want to win. I want. I need a W. I was like Palenka. <laughs> like I don't care the price, dignity. I love Elliot Smith. I went, through, but it's it is tough to go through a deep Elliot Smith phase because you're signing up for. You know, it's a rough phase. It's hard. It's like going through a Smith's phase. There's some phases that are just dark. I want to see Sufjan Joy Stevens. Division phase. Bad. Mm. Do you ever get in him? No. Big time. Speaking of Chicago, but I am i don't know what version I'm going to get out of him. So that's... Uh, I'll tell you this about doing pods with you, which we've done a few of these. You know, you have like we I've seen you super excited, like especially after like we did the two game sevens and Game of Thrones. We did the uh that crazy game the other night. Yeah, what was game that one? Game five Toronto. Game five Toronto, where it's like we couldn't wait to get out here. Nothing put a hops puts a hop in your step, like just talking about when people are at their lowest points. <laughs> <laughs> that should really be the show you host. You just have people come in and talk about it. Yeah, so 2005, my grandfather just died. Like, See, but that's just... what I'm afraid of is like if somebody gives me like a really bad story, like my stories are bad. Right. So you want, do you want the to, quality to be there? I don't want, I don't actually want like a Tom Rinaldi tearjerker. 
You know, I want I want making fun of yourself at your lowest point. I can't stories. wait for Kyle's 2013, which 2013. we're not going to do tonight. But yeah. what was it? It was 2013, it was right? Definitely 2013. What were you like 10? No, that no. Bad. Kyle's got a great that that one's it's classic. <laughs> that was like Kyle was three thousand miles away, and even I was hearing about that's, Kyle's two thousand thirteen. I was on the radar then. Yeah, yeah it was. It was like, whoa. <laughs> 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 Let's get this guy out of Poughkeepsie. In two thousand thirteen, <laughs> the odds of Kyle working for me were like one fifty to one. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, so you're, the way, you're we'll right. save that for another episode. You're right, though. I, I guess I. You know what was funny? It was always the radio show. Like the first couple of years you go, okay, let's go over the top recruits in the SEC. And like, yeah. okay, let's do this and let's do that. And then what you didn't realize was the audience always liked this stuff much more. Yeah. I mean, they have to like the host. Well, they're not going to like us if we don't end this podcast soon. So we got to go. Yeah, I'm done. We, uh, we didn't talk about the NBA draft, but that's fine. You're doing the NBA draft. You're going back to Bristol. You're going to be on Van Pelt on SportsCenter. I'll be on Tuesday and Thursday night. I'll be on right after the draft. I'll be doing an ESPN pod for the draft. Um, you know, each year, it's just my favorite thing. So, um, you know, I'd, I'd love to be, uh, and some, I don't know, whatever. I, I'm, somehow I'm we didn't talk about Brooks Kepka, who has now become, I just fucking love Brooks Kepka. I bet on him this time, so I was really invested. I had him at nine to one. And he almost pulled it off, but I just really enjoy him. To have the uh, the run that he's on with the majors right now, where he's basically three firsts and two seconds now out of the last six. And the fact that he's lingering in the, he, the masters, then the USO per day where he's lingering. Sounds like he, a Lakers trade. He's not even playing. <laughs> that's true. He's not even playing his best golf and he's finishing second. He was 60. He was in the sixties every round in this tournament. And no, you can, you know, it's like, like, isn't that five straight rounds in the yeah, 60s five the US straight. Open? Yeah. And I watched today. He didn't really even play that well. He left all these strokes at the table and he's still at 68. I really enjoy him. I was happy for uh, Garrett from Kansas who just was pulling shots out of his ass in a good way all day. But that was fun. I, I love the U S open. Am I, I love the U S open favorite tournament of all of them. Um, but did, did, am I nuts? Did it seem like there was no one there? We, we talked about my dad and I, my dad was here. We talked about that constantly. We were like, where is everybody? What are they letting a hundred people? <laughs> but then there's just random people on the beach who just seem like they uh, just could show up and go. I, I'll also I'll I'll say this, like Fox, and you know there's there's less shows than ESPN. You know what I mean? There's there's a million moving pieces at ESPN, but like when Fox does something like they throw on Joel Klatt in the U.S. Open coverage, yeah, like I think the first thing would be like, why are you guys doing this? But in a way, you're like, oh my god, that's sick. Yeah, you know, I wish. Although they you did that, you you called a couple games. I wish they had a, an FS1 like alternative broadcast. Like they were just showing all the same stuff we're seeing on US Open, but just with like four relatively kind of like what ESPN's been trying to do with their little watch along things. Like Rob Stone, Stoner. I just feel When's like. the last time you talked to Stoner? I talked to him a lot. Such We've been a nice friends guy. for 25 I years. Know, we're neighbors. I don't talk to him. Um, I just feel like I'm so bored of the golf analysis of during these tournaments and everybody just in hushed tones talking about not a good lie. Ryan, that is not a good lie. He's he's gonna have trouble getting out of there. And like, guess what? Every time they get out of there, because they're they're the best golfers in the world. Kind of like a rock and roll broadcast that we think about. I would just rather have people talking about Oh, Nick Swisher on there. Like they're doing Gary Gary Woodland and somebody's like, guys, I'm going through his Wikipedia. Do you realize he's only won three tournaments and the last one was the Waste Management Open? What the fuck is going on here? Guys, lights out. What's Have you ever that? gone like, to the Waste Management? 
No, I heard it's amazing. Yeah, I went once yeah. when it was Super Bowl week. It's it's like a a frat party for like rich, successful people. I'm not saying like everybody. So Kyle would it. Kyle would like it or he wouldn't like it. Kyle would be fine. Kyle would be fine. Like it's wild, but then way. it's like some guy with his. It, it's wild, and you're like, yeah, but that guy's like 40. I'm going to see him at Mastros later tonight. Do you think we could start either like a charity donation thing? No, it would be a charity donation thing for Kyle's two thousand to hear Kyle's 2013. There might be something there. Like I'm thinking about a couple different things that I'm going to pitch to you. Worst year ever. Worst year ever without like I don't want really bad stuff. Yeah. Worst year ever has to be making fun of your own it's basically, bullshit. It's the funny version of Dirty John. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> I love it's Dirty, Dirty John. John with more laughs. When, reading. <laughs> I love fake reviews so much. When we were doing so, we had Kenneth Garay, uh, the Colombian guy who does yeah. a lot of the Deportes stuff. He's our, our guy there. He's awesome. And uh, he used to do T-Wolves games with Felipe Lopez. And they wanted a Spanish broadcast thing. Yeah. I go, but, but Kenneth, you lived in Miami. He's like, I don't know, man. And I'd be like, what do you mean? He goes, I don't know. And I was like, why would they bring you up from Miami to Minnesota to do T-Wolves games? He goes, it was a total waste of money. <laughs> That's him. Like, I'm doing the impersonation of him so everybody can understand that's how he sounds and uh so we wanted him we started having him on a show all the time he's hilarious so we wanted him voicing over our reviews oh, and man. yeah and we were just i so i started writing a bunch of fake ones they're like svb and Rosillo, they love it in jail and then because <laughs> <laughs> i always thought it was great like snl did that one thing where uh was it phil hartman and they had him reading like fake reviews about yeah. a play that was a disastrous they're like i wouldn't even know what was going on people just started getting on stage says newsweek <laughs> right <laughs> right and so we had one liner where it was like svp and Rosillo, put it on when you're having sex <laughs> <laughs> and so one of the manager goes oh, we're not running that one i go just let's you know you guys are always saying that we don't take enough risks yeah we're like let's throw a little juice in it you know let's do that and the guy's like, I don't want to do it. I go, it'll come back on me. It'll be my fault. Okay. And he's like, all right, fine. We ran it. Hours later, principal's office, a much higher up suit was like, hey, uh, who's, who's, I, I heard your idea for the put it on while we're having sex promo. Uh, like, you know, this is Disney, right? Like, yep, yeah, my bad. You know, the lower up suit was an all time bus throw immediately. Oh, yeah. But I, I told him, I said, put it on me if it, if it comes back. He's printing out emails. Yeah. What the hell was I talking about? Oh, different pitches. Yeah, but then I like fake reviews. I may go away for a long stretch in August, and I was thinking about doing a travel blog. For travel, the you want to pitch that? Yeah. Oh, wow. So I'm just going to keep track of it, see if I can become a travel writer if I want to stop doing sports, or if I can't become a real writer. Well, but as a writer, I think it would be good. <laughs> Another spec script, travel writer. Uh, all right, so you're coming back next week, post-draft, and we'll bang out all this stuff. Post-draft, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I, I think we have at least one or two more really weird moves. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you, I guess, Tuesday. All right, thanks to DAZN. Don't forget to go to DAZN.com if you like baseball and MMA and boxing and all the other great stuff they have there. Thanks to Simply Safe. Over 2 million burglaries reported every year. Only one in five homes have home security. Most companies don't make it easy. Simply Safe, my top choice, hands down. They protect your whole home, every window, room, and door, 24-7 monitoring for a fraction of the cost. Visit simplysafe.com slash BS 
You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. SimplySafe.com slash BS. You've got nothing to lose. SimplySafe with two eyes. SimplySafe.com slash BS. Back with a couple pods this week, and we have a whole bunch of NBA draft stuff planned. Go to TheRinger.com to find out more. Until then.